You are now listening to the hottest true crime podcast in the streets. Hello and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I'm Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, man, I'm the mailman. Can't you tell, man? Gonna post it. What up, Fran? What's going on? How you doing? Not much, man. Chilling. What's up with you? Nothing much, man. Uh, you know, uh, life's life's going. Well, life's going according to plan. You know, we continue to wake up, and that's always a blessing. Yeah. Um, the We talked about this briefly, and again, um, there is no female perspective on this podcast, so we can only go so deep into topics. But the recent uh, Texas abortion law changes have sparked some interesting conversations with some of the women in my life. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a conversation with Sierra mm-hmm. about... The rules that young girls get versus the rules that young boys don't get in regards to interacting with the opposite sex, sex in general, and all those things. And when girls started to realize that they were being sexualized by anybody, whether it be boys their age, older dudes saying weird things. Because one thing I've noticed in talking to different women that I, you know in my life is that there's a common like a moment mm-hmm. where you, you're like, I still feel like a kid. But then you go to a candy store or something and you hear like a 19-year-old dude be like, nice. Or something where you're like, I don't, this is weird. Yeah. And so it, it was a combination of that and the, you know, we, we grew up, you, you, you know, you're talking to girls, you're playing jokey, flirty games, elementary school, middle school, high school, all these things, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's all these rules for girls but there's no rules for guys you get like a general five play handbook as a man Mm -hmm. as a young boy where it's like don't hit women you know don't touch women inappropriately be respectful you know a couple more and whatever Mm -hmm. whereas girls it's like well you gotta watch how you dress and you don't want to say this and don't lead the guy on you don't want to make him think you know and then you go into schools and it's like well you can't wear spaghetti straps and all these different rules Mm -hmm. that protect men being predatory and over sexualizing women and i thought it was an interesting conversation that i would wish there was a female perspective here to you know to offer us directly but do how would you say as a father of a girl and a guy as messed up as it is there's just double standards just exist yeah how do you feel as a as a a, a, a man who was once a boy and knows what it's like where there is really no accountability for young men, mm-hmm. right? It's always, hey, well, maybe you shouldn't have dressed like this or done this or you, you're bringing attention from men onto you as opposed to, hey, man, let her be at the gym. Yeah. Hey, man, like maybe she's just dancing here because she just wants to dance. She's not looking for you to come and try to dance on her. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So what are your thoughts on that as the father of a young girl and as the father of a young boy? Like what are your Obviously, we had this discussion before. It's a long time from now. Mm-hmm. You, you, I'm sure you don't have a formulated plan or anything like that. But I'm just talking from 
your your own pers- being that kid, mm-hmm. having kids now, all of that collectively. Like, what have your what are your thoughts on the double standard in society? If it'll ever change or anything like that? Um, do I think it would change? No, uh, I just think this is how our society is. Mm-hmm. But as far as being a father to uh, a young woman and a young man, I think it's it's easier to have those type of conversations when you have a mom and a dad in, in the household. Sure. I think it's way harder if you have, if you're a young girl and you just have the perspective of a woman yeah. telling you, you know, what you should do, what you shouldn't do. I think it's, I think it's better if you have both. Cause you can go, Hey, you can, ha- you can sit down and have a conversation with just the four of you and go, yes. Hey, this is what it is decided for a woman. This is for a guy. A woman can go, okay, as a guy, women don't like this mm-hmm. as a man, you know, you sh- I, sh- I can tell Sophie, like if you do this, this, this leads this not it doesn't lead but it, it gives a it gives an idea or it gives a um it just makes a a boy you know think this and sure you, and you don't want to send those type of signals to sure. a man because it's just because men are gross yes I, I, I was give I was give, in them, that same give position. them an inch and they'll take a mile exactly so yes. I, I I know how it's hard to to say that to especially a young girl because they can go. No, what is he? You know, it's just yeah. like you're old, and it's yeah. like you hear that you, know? you hear the same thing when you were young, and yes. then when you get older, when you hit your thirties or whatever, you go, "Oh shit!" You know, this is what parents was talking about. Yes, and you don't, you, and it's too late. Sometimes it's too late for you to to kind of sit back and go, "You know, I should have listened." Yeah, when my parents told me this, but um, again, I don't, I don't think it's going to change. But just the double standards, I think, is a bit tough, especially for 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 women, young women, Absolutely, whatever age. Yeah. It's just, but um, I think it's. For me, I I haven't again. I haven't thought about it that far for sure ahead yet. But I think it would be easier for us to have those conversations with Max and Sophia, with me and uh, Steph. For sure, yeah. that you bring up a fantastic point in that when you when you're giving advice from one side, mm-hmm. it it lacks a, a context that can be given from the other perspective, yeah. and you having somebody even as like a to pregame with yeah. before you even go to have any of these serious talks, you can bounce off of Stephanie and yeah. say like, so, so, okay. So we're talking about X, Y, and Z. I don't mm-hmm. really know what that's like as a man. So here's what I would say. And she, and she can go, no, 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 that's your, that's your thinking of that the wrong way. Yeah. Cause as women, we think like this yep. and then you go, okay, boom, reformulate it. And now I have a new perspective to go, to go at my child with. Yeah. So I think that is a great point. Uh, again, we're not here to demonize single parents or any of that kind of stuff, right, but right. that is a great point. Even if it's not another father, even if you, you're, you're a father, you're a father figure or right. another, just another man, your age who you trust their opinion. It's good to bounce or, and, and vice versa, a man raising a girl, which I'm sure as a single parent is incredibly tough. Cause you're just not even on the same exact wavelength or any, you don't know what the hell you're talking about, right. about in regards to anything. Right. So yes, getting a woman's opinion, who's the a woman that you trust and, mm-hmm. and, and respect and all that stuff. And you guys just link heads and you go, what if I came at it like this? And they go, no, 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 no. Yeah. That's exactly. way off. Yeah. It's important. It takes a village. Yeah, exactly. That saying is no, is no joke, man. Yep. You know, it, it takes a village. It takes, you know, a father figure, a mother figure, an elder figure, somebody who has wisdom beyond even what you have to try to give to your child. Yeah. There's there's people out there who have more wisdom than you been there, did the fucked up speech that you're trying to give, already gave the fucked up speech and saw the results from it. Yeah. You know, so they can go, no, I gave that same speech to my kid yeah. and that didn't work out. So then that's good for you. And it trickles down to the kid. Yeah. 
So it takes a village, man. And I think that we need to get back to that as a society. You know, this whole pandemic has really showed me how selfish people are. You know, people going into fast food establishments and just retail or, you know, just the, the, the food service industry in general is seeing some of the worst shit people from the dregs of society just coming out and being like, why is it taking so long? Yeah. It's like, it's because it's, it's a pandemic. We're doing to-go orders. There's a shortage of the stuff because the truck is going through quarantine. All this type of stuff. And somebody's just like, but I want my food when I want it. With that, you speaking on that, I, th- I just think now, I don't know, maybe it's been like this and I just haven't noticed. noticed it at all, but it's like everything is so quick now. It's like everything is like everybody's in a hurry. It's yeah. like nobody's patient. It's like at the light. The, like the light just changed. It's like it's in people. I've never, this might be random, but I've never seen so many people run red lights until now. <laughs> it is insane, man. It's like, it's just like people on their phones. It's, it's yeah. wow. It's just, it's people wow. Are, it's pe- scary, man. People are on edge <laughs> and you can, it, 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 you can feel it. I think, yeah. I think that's the thing that I agree. I agree with that for sure. You know, there's always been, you know, crazy people and yeah, angry yeah. people and all that kind of stuff, but they have, it, it's been it's usually been an outlier yeah like you know when these freak out videos of you know oh karen's and all these things yeah. or dudes freaking out on plane that I've, i haven't seen so many people freaking out on plane i understand we're going through uh this weird time and mask mandates and i i get that but i just don't understand how somebody could be confident enough to act out on a on a flight because the ramifications and the repercussions from that you're done yeah. So I've I just have never seen so many plane in flight freakouts ever. It's like everybody's on edge, and you can it's like it's like palpable. You can feel it in the air. Like mm-hmm. like you said, the light changes. People are honking. You know, people. Oh, you hear like all day. You just I just even if it's not to me, I hear people. Oh, if you're walking in the grocery store, you just hear like oh, like it's go around this person. You're yeah. walking too slow in the yeah. store. Like everybody's just like ready to go off on somebody. Yeah. It's like they want to go off on somebody. And I understand that because it was a lot of economic turmoil. Yeah. People lost people. It was a. It was. It's been a tough twelve months and beyond. Yeah. And it's still tough. People are on edge, man. And winter's coming, and these numbers are going back up. But people don't give a shit. It's a. Which is a really weird time. Like yeah. I don't really know what the future holds, but on the bright side, the Little Mermaid comes out in twenty twenty three, so that's something to look forward to. Yes. If we make it, yeah. If we make it, that'd be really cool to make it yeah, to twenty twenty three. Come on, you saying shit like that? No, I never. I didn't mean it um, in a, like a dark way. I just mean it'd be. It'd be nice to get there. I, I, I look forward. I hope so to look get there. I hope to get there. I'd love to see Black Ariel. I think that'd be, <laughs> okay. I think that'd be dope. But twenty twenty three is a long time from now to announce that, and you got to go. Oh, okay. Yeah. That feels a lot can happen between now and twenty twenty three. Okay, a whole <laughs> a whole fucking strand has has yeah. Uh, arrived yeah apparently so you know 2023 looking forward to it nice. salute to that year and let's you know let's hope we all get there we gotta be good we gotta be like on the way up at this point like we've said this before bro let's move on because that yeah i mean we and it got worse <laughs> yeah, i think i think in 2019 i think you were like after kobe died or something you were like it was after kobe died you were like i mean it can't get any worse than this and then the and world just worse. ended yeah. like it was just shut down it's like so shit. Let's just not say that anymore. You know, it has to be. It has to, like, we have to be going up from here. Okay. I can already see six months from now, somebody that just started listening to the podcast in six months is going to be like, I just got to the episode where Fran said it can only get better from here. 
and it was before the zombie apocalypse. So it's so it's so funny to look back on it and him saying that while we're in the middle of the zombie apocalypse. It's just funny how he thought he said that and it it, it didn't get better. Yeah. But uh, you know, speaking of crazy times and uh, you know, crazy situations and insane people, Fran, I saw one of the most insane videos ever, man. It's it, you know, it's a lot of crazy videos on the internet, but this one I've I can say I've never seen something so it was shocking. So um, a couple this past week in Queens, mm. his name was Jermaine Dixon. He was walking to his car, mm-hmm. and there was a car parked across the street from him with the hood up, and a man dressed like a, a what do you mean with the, the, with the car hood? hood? Oh, the okay. car hood okay. was up like okay. it was broke. Okay, like got he it. was looking, checking his engine, mm-hmm. and it, the person looked like a Hasidic Jewish man. Mm-hmm. Had the big hat on and the little curly uh, I think payas, mm-hmm. I think they're called. I don't want to be culturally insensitive. I don't know the names of them, but he was dressed like a like a Hasidic Jewish man. Mm-hmm. And as this guy Jermaine Dixon walked to his car, the man the who was oh. the man who was disguised as a Hasidic Jewish man took a gun from off the engine, ran over to the car as the guys get so completely vulnerable. You know, you know that there's a moment when you get in your car where you when you got that one leg up and it's yeah. going in, where it's like you are off balance. You don't you're not even paying attention. You're trying to focus on sticking the landing. Yeah, that's the so in that moment, ran over to him, shot him three times. It was an assassination. The man, it wasn't a Hasidic Jewish man. And his car wasn't broken down. Mm. When he shot him, he ran over to his car, put the hood down, and drove away. Uh, now, uh, Jermaine Dixon was a, an, uh, an alleged ex-gang member, and people believe that he was killed because he, was in, he, he played a role as an informant in the case that he was arrested for. Like, he, 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 was, he snitched on the people, that, his co-defendants, basically. Damn. But I've never seen such an elaborate. It was like something from that video game Hitman. So they can't even identify. Not, not as of now. Shit. I mean, you can't see his face in the, the lights. The like, he has like a he has like a like a Despicable Me coat on where it has those two flaps like a <laughs> yeah. vampire. Uh, so you can't even see his face. And he's got this hat, and he pulled the gun from the engine, and you, you can't see the license plate. I don't even know if it had license plates on the front of the car. And he, mm-hmm. like I said, he shot him, put the hood down, and then just drove off. Shit. So yeah, it's crazy times, man. He pretended to be a person. He dressed in character yeah. to pull off a hit. That's an assassin. Yes, he, this man was assassinated. Hitman. Yes. Yeah. He followed him there. He waited for him and let him go run whatever errand he was running. Yeah. Parked his car, put the hood up, fiddled around in the engine, and then when he saw that moment where he was vulnerable, getting in his car, he went and pulled his head off. No and way. That's his first. His first. No. 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 This is a professional no. hitman or that's person. Crazy. I don't even. It could be a woman. I don't know. Yeah. That's a professional. Yeah. You pretend your your car's broken yeah, down. Yeah, so, you don't just so people can go. Yeah. Oh, he's not. Yeah, no, yeah, just a, just a car. Jewish man fixing, making yeah. sure his car is okay. That's not his first rodeo. No, that's a season. That person is like has killed many people. Yeah, I would just based he off was his high, tactics. Like, he probably ain't got nothing to do with the gang or whatever. No, no, he's like he uh, he's like a hitman. Yeah, like they know. Yeah, you call P. Like he has no <laughs> just a letter. Yeah, and his phone, and like you call him, and then you get a call from a different number. Yeah. And that number you don't have. It's like you call but this number. You got to call, leave a voicemail, but you got to leave a voicemail of like a number. Yeah. And then like the, the tone is like a, a certain oh, tone. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. You call <laughs> you call him and you go, boop, beep, yeah. doop, boop, beep, doop. <laughs> and he knows the like the telephonic <laughs> sound. He's yeah. like, that's a, okay, so five, three. And that's the number to your yeah. burner phone. Yeah. <laughs> and then he calls that phone. Yeah. That's a whole different phone than the number you called on. It's that kind of operation. Yeah. This is a person from like a movie. You got a connection because, like, 
That means he was good with like Simon Says or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He just has an <laughs> ear where he can he can he can hear any pitch. Yeah, he can hear any pitch and he can catch it and he just knows what nu- numerically what yep. number that is and that's one of the skill sets that got him into being a hitman. Yeah, and he dresses as a Hasidic. Just one of his favorite. Yeah, it's one of his favorite disguises because his father was a Hasidic Jew mm-hmm. and he was assassinated. Yeah, and so he vowed to assassinate everybody dressed as his father. Yeah. But while he waits, he pulls out this mini. Simon says to practice. To practice, go beep, yeah, okay. boop, boom. He's like, "That's and a then, G. That's yep. a G minor." And then when a, his his target comes out, he puts it away and yeah, do his business. Yeah, yeah. This this guy, yeah, is a legit. He's killed dozens of people. Yeah, or or he had a really good idea once. He like stayed up all night. Yeah, he's like <laughs> he's like got it all on a board. He's like, I could dress as a mailman now. No. <laughs> I could do FedEx. No, I can't get a FedEx truck. Right, because I have my car. That neighborhood is in Queens. A lot of, a lot of Jewish people there. It could have just been an on the whim thing, but it doesn't feel like it. Nah. This feels like this is nah. a go to. Yeah. This. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Man. So that was absolutely insane, and I just wanted to touch on that. But uh, let's go ahead and get into these shout outs b- before we get into the fucked up shit. Oh yeah, folks, it's time to celebrate. Friend, this music is actually it's actually perfect timing for this. Um, before we get into the shout-outs, I, we have an announcement to make. Friend, we are about five or so episodes from our 200th. Dang. What a journey it's been. Yeah. Uh, I think that that's quite a milestone to hit. 200 episodes, man. It really has flown by. I'm incredibly excited. I put out an announcement on social media letting people know, hey, if you want to be a part of that 200th episode... Send us an email. Send us an audio file if you would like. I would love that of your your some of your favorite moments, questions, mm. whatever you want to, whatever however you want to interact. Send it to us. We'll play it. We'll read it. I would love to interact with people for the 200th episode, and I would love pe- for people to be a part of it. It's, we're here because people listen. So if nobody listened, we wouldn't be fucking doing this shit. Yeah. So you know, if you want to be a part of an episode, send in an audio file. Send it in an email. We'll read it. We'll play it. I'm really excited. I mean. 200 episodes, man. How, like, what a journey, man. How you feeling yeah. about that? Um, hasn't seemed like it's been that long, right? <laughs> it really had, but like when you really think about where we started, yeah. Like when you think about first episode or that first few episodes, eating eating popcorn and trying to get sponsors from a lot uh, of shit has happened between now and then. I know it's been a lot. A, of it's shit. been a journey. <laughs> it's been a journey. A lot of shit. So when you think about it in terms of that, yeah. It does feel like, man, whoa, man, now we, yeah. now we got different music and these yeah, things man. and segments and segments have come and gone. Yeah, People yeah. still sending us mystery books. They want Frazzle Friend to come back. So yeah. many things have come and gone, but I think we've hit a really cool flow. Yeah. And I'm really happy about the format of the podcast at this point. It took a while for us to find our stride, yeah. but I think that we're here. And I think that that's the really cool part about podcasts because there's some people who come out of the gates, have a producer, have a structure. You know, have professional people making the mixes and doing all the editing and everything. And so it comes out a ready-made thing. Yeah. But for independent podcasters, you really can hear that journey. Yeah. And I think we're at like 190-something now. And by, by the time we get to 200, 201? Oh, ma- major difference. Yeah. I'm ashamed. <laughs> I'm ashamed of anything before like maybe 100. There was a lot of, it was a lot in there where I go, man gotta upgrade these mics this that the third but we we got there man yeah man and i'm, I'm really happy about that so yeah. yeah so shout out to us 
Humble brag. Yeah, man. Uh, anyway, shout outs. We're, we're going to kick things off with a shout out to Victoria C. Shout out to Victoria C. Thank you very much. You are incredibly appreciated that you are a true serial killer. Uh, up next, we got Jamie, Jamie's, Jamie's, like Jamie's Winston, you think? Jamie's, Jamie's L. Jim, uh, Jamie's, Jamie. Very unique names. Uh, Jamesy. Yeah, I don't know that one. That's tough. Jamie's, I'm going to go ahead with Jamie's. Reach out and let us know if we got that right or wrong. I, I don't know. James. If that's James, <laughs> their parents are extra. <laughs> if that's just James, it has to be Jamie's or something like that. Jamie's. Jamie's. Let me go Jamie's. Jamie's. Uh, uh, up next, we got Lysandra M. I almost said her last name. Shout out to Lysandra M. Thank you. <laughs> Much appreciation. Thank you. Thank you for the support. You guys are so awesome. And lastly, we got Tierra S. Shout out to Tierra S. Thank you so much for the support. You, your, uh, your, your profile for your Patreon profile looks dope as shit. Like you got all kind of filters on there. You got some cool aviator shades. I'm digging it. Shout out to Tierra S. Yeah. Um, those are all the shouts that we have for this week. Again, folks, we're here because of you guys. Two hundred episode two hundred is right around the corner. Email us at affirmativemurder at gmail.com. Audio files. I know sometimes a lot of people sometimes people get embarrassed. They're like, I don't like the sound of my voice. Whatever. Fuck that. Let us know your favorite moment. I'm not guaranteeing that I'll be able to pull the clip of that because I don't know where unless you can tell me exactly where it is. People have been like, I can't tell you what episode it is. Yeah. But when you guys, Fran was saying something about how he just hates birds. It's like, I don't know, man. You know how I many <laughs> conversations I've had with this person in my life? We've gotten to the point now that a lot of stuff I can't differentiate if we've did it on the podcast or yeah. just talked in life. Mm -hmm. I, sometimes I don't know. I'm like, did we say that on a microphone? Yeah. So if you don't come with the specifics, I probably won't be able to find it. But I would yeah. like to pull some of those moments. I'm not going to, everything that somebody says I'm not going to pull, but some of the ones where I go, that was, I'm, I'm proud of that. That was funny yeah. or whatever. Or that was interesting. That was an interesting conversation. I'd like to pull those and play them. So, yeah. So we haven't done this since like the uh, episode 100. 100. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to, for it to be like a, what is that? Centennial? I don't know what number that is, but you know, Centennial. Okay. By Centennial Man, Robin Williams. By half. By Centennial. So I'm going to go by Centennial's 50. Okay. I'm going to, this is me just guessing. I'm yeah. just spitballing. That makes sense. By Centennial's 50. Based on um, it's Bicentennial Man starring mm -hmm. Robin Williams. How do you make a hanky dance? I don't know. Put a little boogie in it. Boom. Shout out to Robin gotcha. Williams. Yeah. Uh, so Bicentennial is 50. Centennial, 100. 100. Yeah. So every cent, I'd like to have a centennial anniversary. Every 100 every episodes, 100. we okay. just turn up and do a celebration. And maybe episode 300, live. Who knows? Yeah. Put it out there. See what happens. You never know. Hey, man, you speak you it into know. existence, you know? So, uh, again, hit us up. Episode 200 right around the corner. Be involved. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get into some fucked up shit. So stick around. All right. And we are back. Fran, my affirmative murder this week. It's a, it's a cold case. Okay. Like uh, yeah, it's very, it's very interesting. A lot of things I learned about Utah that I wasn't familiar with in this story. And this is also a very important. This is one of those stories where as I'm reading it, I mean, as I was researching it, I was like, you know, this is I'm glad I picked this one because this is one of those stories. I've, I've, I've never heard of it, but I f it feels important and it brings up important conversations. And mm. I think it might lead to some 
interesting branch offs and stuff like that. So my affirmative murder this week is the story of Anthony Adams, also known as Tony to his close friends. My sources were uh, Q Salt Lake magazine, an article by Ben Williams and an article from the Salt Lake Tribune by Eric Peterson. So between 1969 and 1978, gay liberation came to Salt Lake City with the formation of gay churches, openly gay bars and a gay student club. In 1974, the American Psychiatric Association removed homosexuality as a clinical mental illness. So all the way up until 1974, you were clinically diagnosed as like mentally unwell Mm -hmm. if you were gay. At their peak in 1977, Salt Lake City's LGBT organizations protested an appearance by Anita Bryant, the infamous anti-LGBTQ plus crusader who waged a vicious war on gay rights accusing queer people of corrupting youth through her infamous save our children campaign at a utah state fair and helped more and more people come out of the closet along with aiding in many other lgbt causes so anita baker i mean uh not anita baker jesus (laughs) i don't want to throw her i don't she doesn't i don't want to give send her any any straight bullets yeah anita that's my my girl yeah anita bryant (laughs) white woman with with a hateful soul um we see these same things today. I mean, I, I feel like Lil Nas X is his own person. He donates his both his his influence and his money to very incredible causes. All he does is be himself. If you don't like his music, don't listen to it. But instead, we keep getting these different think pieces by all these different rappers. And they keep bringing up kids and all this stuff. As if they just use him as a scapegoat for a lot of stuff and it, it, I don't like it because he just is being himself. Mm-hmm. And if he was gay and not being himself, you would call him like a in the closet or, you know, he's pretending like he likes girls. Why is it girls in this music video if he doesn't like girls? So you can't win for losing. So you might as well be your most authentic self and say, fuck these people who are just hateful. Mm-hmm. So, I, But as you can see, this is not a new th- thing. It's always demonize somebody it was elton john it was little richard it was rupaul like there's always somebody that's the the children like it's an easy scapegoat to say oh my god you're gonna make my children gay by being gay and this is is a old tired thing that people say and it's old brainwashing people yeah (laughs) i mean the the idea is like well, you can't go from Old Town Road to like being gay, and it's like, well, he was gay when he made Old Town Road, right. and now didn't he's even just... know him when the song came out, bro. <laughs> and also this idea that like Lil Nas X is uh, Barney or something like that, yeah. like it's like, oh, he made one song and kids liked it, so he just has to keep making kids songs forever. Like, what are, what are we saying here? It's just this crazy logic. But anyway, this isn't a, this isn't about Lil Nas X. This is long before Lil Nas X. So despite all this progress that was happening in Utah. In the following year, an event occurred that nearly sent the gay community back into the shadows. In 1978, a series of murders of men in Utah's gay community took place. Most of the men were not, quote, out and were murdered in compromising situations. Mm. But when a gay black activist was murdered on November 3rd, 1978, shockwaves of fear rippled throughout the community. Anthony Adams was a gay African-American socialist. Reverend Bob Waldrop, the then pastor of Salt Lake's Metropolitan Community Church, called him a true freedom fighter. Born on July 30th, 1953 in Baltimore, Maryland, 
Adams was raised in Salt Lake City and graduated from Judge Memorial High School. He was attending the University of Utah at the time of his death. As a leader in the Salt Lake City chapter of the Socialist Workers Party, Adams had helped organize the Anita Bryant protest in 1977. So he was boots on the ground, involved, trying to push for gay rights and get hateful people the fuck up out of here. He was he was in the mix. So he was he had a very he was a very high profile activist in Utah. At the time of his murder, Tony Adams was the campaign manager for the Socialist Workers Party congressional candidate Bill Hoyle, who ran in the November 7th general election. Adams was murdered just days before his election, which led the National Socialist Workers Party to believe that Tony's death was politically motivated. Mm. At about 8.45 p.m. on November 6, 1978, Bill Woodbury, Adam's boyfriend, Reverend Bob Waldrop, and another friend went to Adam's apartment at, East, at 125 East 1st Avenue. They were concerned because no one had seen or heard from him for several days. After climbing in through a window, Woodbury was found by his boyfriend in his bedroom, naked and covered in blood. Mm. Adams had been stabbed repeatedly with a butcher's knife. And his throat was slit. Damn. An autopsy showed that he had been dead for several days and was murdered around November 3rd. That's hate, man. Oh, yeah. This wasn't some casual gunshot or something. This was a very hateful and violent murder. Coincidentally, police detectives were still investigating the death of 16-year-old Sharon Skalmeyer, who was found strangled to death in the same apartment building in December of 1977. Mm. On December 13th of 1978... Bob Waldrop, along with members of the Salt Lake City Coalition for Human Rights and Sid Stapleton, a Socialist Workers Party official from New York, met with the Public Safety Commissioner, Glenn Greener, and Salt Lake City Police Chief Bud Willoughby. They demanded that police provide more vigorous protection and a general atmosphere of violence in the community against gay people. The group accused the police of being insensitive to the needs of the gay community and suggested that they were involved in a calculated program of harassment. Now, this is post the Stonewall riots, which took place in uh, uh, Greenwich Village in New York. Um, police raided a bunch of gay clubs in the early hours of uh, of of the of, the, of a, a day in nineteen in the nineteen sixties, and violence occurred. A bunch of people died. There was so much brutality. So there is this sense, of, and this is like so. This is like a little less than 10 years after this had occurred. Mm. So there's this fear of police and feeling like they're supposed to protect and serve, but they're grossed out by our lifestyle. So they don't provide us the same protection Mm. as they do the rest of the community because they think that we're like an abomination. Yeah. So that's justified fear. And so they were saying, basically you're not investigating Tony's death because he's gay. Mm. And there's other deaths happening that aren't being investigated thoroughly because they were gay. So that was the pushback when it took so long for the murder to be solved. And it's never been solved. Right. So were they right? It looks that way. So according to Reverend Bob, Tony had three strikes against him. He was black, gay, and he was a socialist. Mm. So just how hard was anybody in the officialdom going to care about his murder? That's a quote directly from Reverend Bob. Reverend Bob told the city officials that he himself had been the recipient of 22 death threats in just the past two years. Damn. This is a reverend. He added that he had heard rumors that police were looking the other way when violent acts against homosexuals happened. Stapleton accused the police of dragging their feet investigating the recent murders of homosexuals 
and stated that the investigation in the death of Adams should be considered an assassination of an outspoken political leader. Both Greener and Willoughby denied these charges, claiming that the murders were being rigorously investigated. Community leaders were not satisfied with the official's response and claimed that they had inside knowledge from a closeted police officer, in quotes, that some officers in the police department joked about Adam's death saying, nigger, queer, communist, three strikes, you're out, which is like mad cold. That's so cold to say that about somebody that died. So that's crazy. Um, but again, this is, they're saying it's secondhand information. Like they're saying, we know a guy who was in there. I'm not the guy that was in there, but, but we know a guy that was in there. And he said that they said this. I'm not saying that, 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 that sounds like something that they wouldn't say, mm. but it's not, it's not a direct quote that they can attribute to a specific person. Cause they're saying it was like a closeted police officer who mm. was like hearing it and has to pretend like, yeah, man, yeah, he's gay, whatever. Fuck him. But to protect himself. Exactly. Mm. And it just exists. Can't be it. At this time, the police won't help a gay accountant, let alone let a, a person be a gay and a police officer next to them. Mm. So, you know, if you want to be have a life and a job, you just got to eat that. Mm. I know that's exhausting, too, though. What? Having to pretend to pretend that, that's that that you that they're not talking about you. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. They are. But then you have to like play along, bite your tongue. And then, like, oh, man, and you go home and got to deal with that shit mentally. Like, yes, man, <laughs> people commit suicide every day because of these very things. Where either they have to do that and and uh, just cover their ears and act like they're not hearing it, or even worse, gotta play along. Yeah, and and act like they hate gay people. Yeah, and then like you said, you go home and when you're with your own thoughts and you go, I can't believe I said all that. Yeah, hateful. Shit. Or we beat up that gay guy. To, I help them. I like help them beat up. I like help them commit a hate crime on yeah. somebody. And you gotta go home and deal with that when, when you're by yourself, man. Yeah. That's that's a, that's a heavy burden, man. So the meeting I was just describing describing ended unsatisfactorily with Reverend Waldrop stating that fear was sweeping the gay community, that there might be an LA slasher type out there who was systematically murdering persons thought to be homosexual. Waldrop noted that four persons with ties to the gay community had also been murdered in the Salt Lake city area around the time of Tony's murder. And the police were dragging their feet on all those as well. Mm -hmm. The SWB, which is the socialist workers party that I was describing that Tony was a part of, charged that the police had been lax and ineffectual in pursuing the investigation. They also claimed that the police had harassed Adams prior to his death by entrapping him in a sex charge. It was uncovered that shortly before his murder, the city vice squad had arrested Adams for soliciting sex acts for hire. The police claimed that Adams' phone number had been scrawled in a telephone booth and in restrooms throughout the Salt Lake area. The vice squad officers then called the number and arranged to meet him for a sex act. Upon meeting with Adams, they arrested him. Now, this just sounds like an innovator to me. Yeah. This is a, a bathroom tender, right? So he's ahead of his time and don't call the fucking number. Like, mind your business. <laughs> like, I don't even know if it said anything about money. But they called and I don't and, and again, I don't know how the how the sting operation went, but maybe money was Discussed. Either way, people are out here on these social apps all the time, setting up hookups. He just didn't have an app at the time. So he used his brain and said, you catch more flies with honey. I'm just going to scroll my number down all throughout town. And, you know, see what happens. I respect the hustle. But anyway, so so that happens. Sure, and 
he, he gets arrested. Shirley Pedler, the director of the Utah ACLU, upon learning about this situation, questioned Chief Willoughby about the, this method of locating, quote, sex offenders. The chief promised that he would look into the situation, but nothing was ever done. That's crazy. Yeah. So, and I, I just don't, I don't like entrapment. I remember when they used to have those bait cars. It always just was something nasty about those entrapment stories to me. You go to the most destitute area of a, of a city you can find, people struggling. You put a Mercedes Benz out on the street with the car door open with the keys in the car, <laughs> you know, and then like a light on top of the car. The car alarm is going something where it's like they can't help but notice the car. That shit is funny, though. It, 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 <laughs> it, it is. There have been some funny videos because they go because they had a button. There was a there yeah. was a show on. But that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm yeah, talking about. Talking bait car. Yeah, yeah, yeah bait show. car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever channel Impractical Jokers come on, there was a show called Bait Car. Yeah, that was fucking. And then they get funny. in the car and then they like hit a button yeah. and the whole car oh, was shut shit, off. Yeah. You, the steer, so they get out and run and all this kind of stuff. They couldn't get out. Oh, the doors were locked. Oh damn. Oh shit. Yeah. So that's that's <laughs> but, even, that's. But they used to get them like they used to walk people. They, they used to catch the video cameras to walk past and people like, hey yo, shit on the keys in it. You see the keys in the ignition. And some sometimes I like the ones where it would be somebody because this is this is it takes a village. Yeah, you might hear somebody up the street like, "Yo, don't do it." Yeah, yo, it's a it's a it's a show. Yep. it's a bait car, and they go, "Oh, show," and they walk away. Yep. And they really norm they tried to normalize that for a little bit, but I think people got that show the fuck up out of here once they realized like, "I got this I gotta is YouTube fucked up." Now, yeah, this is this is entrapment. <laughs> yeah, entrapment <laughs> isn't cool, man. Like you know, to call the number and be like. Hey, I'm looking for a good time tonight, and then they show up. And but it's like, what do you? What do you? Wait, like with the big car, what do you? You want to put that in the middle, of yeah. inner city? Yes. Where you know you're going to catch kids, somebody. kids Come looking to joyride, yeah. people that like, oh, I could go take this. I know a guy who will buy this car from me, no questions asked. That's crazy, man. And I can go from having zero dollars in my in my pocket right now to having four grand it's not fair. today. It's not fair. It's not fair. Entrapment is up. incredibly fucked up, and it's it exploits up. people in tough situations ninety nine percent of the time. Put the car in a nice neighborhood. <laughs> right. Why you got to go to the most destitute neighborhood? Yeah. It 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 just it's it all it's just self perpetuating. It's like, see, man, they're down here. They they commit crimes. It's like, no, man, it's struggle down here, bro. Yeah. That's what people. What it's expect? hard times. It's a car with the keys in the. But ignition. it's not. But to them, it is a crime. But to them, it's survival it's opportunity. Trying to, trying to survive. Yes, I need the the <laughs> lights are about to be cut off, and there's a Mercedes Benz here yeah. with the keys in the ignition. I'm and still the doors in that shit open. Too. I'm taking it. No. No, because I know that it's a bait car. But if you don't know, though, what if you don't know? Mm, okay, devil's advocate. I'll play along. What kind of car are we talking? Not a C-class Mercedes. No, My car's nicer than that. They're not going to put a fucking Ferrari in it. Okay, so. fair. No, because they're not getting that car back. They'll fucking find a way to pop the yeah. fucking bait, bait system out of there. Yeah. Yeah, well, it'd have to be something like it that. For me, that to, bit, yeah. for me to take it. It, it, it couldn't be something that's like comparable to the car that I own. And I'm not, I can't play the scenario where I'm like, well, what if you are struggling? I'm about to say, yeah, you can't. Yeah, I don't like, I be, can't. It has to be me now. Right. With that's my, not fair. You wouldn't be there. You yeah. Be down there. That's what I'm saying. But you said it like, you said it like I would. You're saying I would if I was if in I was struggling. Yeah, gotcha. if I was okay. down there struggling. When you said I would, I, I was like, delight, you said I, need very, to, I need to feed my family. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm taking all of that. No, that's fair. You have to bring the family into it. That's okay. fair. I would too. I would too. Yeah. You can bring family into it. Yeah, of course. You know, my mom's got to eat. I'm struggling? Yeah. yeah mom's got to eat. I'm taking a seat, something, cutting leather off, something. <laughs> Radio, all that yeah. shit coming out. <laughs> what if they just take the shit out and like, oh, y'all Oh, smart. Yeah. We yeah. Never, I never drove this. I took that. I just took all the, I stripped it. They come around with a mask on. Yeah. They come back around, like looking at the camera, talking to the camera and yeah. shit. Like, oh, y'all thought y'all was going to Hey, get man, me. I appreciate this talking through it because you just left it there. We're like, we're going to come back and check the tapes tomorrow. 
Yeah, man, I appreciate this, man. My family's really struggling. Right. I can get a lot for this uh, dashboard unit, yeah. man. Thank you, man. Y'all, hey, this is like Christmas. So on December 30th, 1978, the SWP went to the United States Department of Justice Civil Rights Division requesting that the FBI investigate the death of Tony Adams. They maintained that we believe the murderer violated his civil rights and also committed the crime of interfering in a political campaign for federal office. Because oh, just, he, just to be clear, Tony is Anthony. Anthony. Yes, gotcha. yes, okay. yes. I just want to make sure. They call him, his friends call him Tony. Right, gotcha. But so, like I said, Tony was working on a socialist campaign for a person who was running for office. Yeah. So they believed that it could have been politically motivated. So they went to the FBI saying it could have been a hate crime. It could have been... Uh, a, be. a political crime. Yeah. It had to be something. Yeah. It was too violent for it to just be a robbery or yeah. run some kind of, you know, something like that. Then the Socialist Worker Party outlined why they felt that that motive for the murder was political. First, there was no evidence that anything was taken from his apartment. Thus, burglary, burglary did not seem likely. Second, the murder was particularly vicious. Adams was stabbed three times in the chest and then after death, his throat was slit. The SWP charged that the Salt Lake Police Department was not pursuing this case with the attention that a political crime of this type would warrant. The murders of homosexual men in 1978, in 1978 cast a long shadow over the city's gay community. Rumors abounded and the trust level between the police department and the community became virtually non-existent. When rumors surfaced that the knife used to murder Adams was one taken from the Salt Lake Police Department's evidence room. Mm. Many feared that someone in the department was the killer of Tony Adams. Yeah. And even just the inclination of that is, is it erodes everything. Like, even once that rumor mill starts and that starts going around, even if it's never proven, how can you trust any, like, oh, yeah. call the police. Why, why would we do that? They're, they killed, they killed uh, gay people. First of all, of authority had uniform on, probably, yeah. he probably would have let them in. For some reason. Absolutely. These same people felt that the police were covering it up to avoid a scandal, which we've heard stories like this before. Yeah. For years after the unsolved Adams murder, activism in the Salt Lake community was muted. In the early 80s, Michael Aaron, then with the Gay Student Union, recalled trying to enlist older gay residents to get involved in conferences and events only to be told not to rock the boat. This event of Tony Adams being murdered really took the wind out of the sails of all the gay activism and progress that was being made in Utah. And a lot of the people who remembered this case in the, the next decade, when they were being approached by the next generation to be like, come out here, march with us. They were like, no, nah, man, listen, last time we were out here, a very prominent person was murdered and they never solved the case. And we think the police might have did it. So we're going to stay in the house and we don't want you to do it either Yeah, because you're bringing attention and we don't want it. So understandably, again, it's the same thing of like, I'm sure there were people after a lot of those civil rights marches, you hit me in the head with a brick and I survive. I might go back in the house. I'm like, you know what? You know, I still support y'all, but I can't go back out there. Mm -hmm. I just, it's just, you know, sometimes you get shell shocked. Yeah. It's like, I can't, I can't, I can't be in the fight anymore. It's too much for me. Over 40 years later, the case still stirs speculation about whether the murder could have been a hate crime, a political assassination, or maybe a crime of passion. For whatever reason, Tony Adams was murdered, and his death sent a pall over the newly emerging gay community, imparting to many activists a sense of melancholy and fear. 
Gay liberation activism virtually came to an end in Salt Lake City for the next four years until a new generation of gay leaders, unfamiliar with the events of 1978, came forward to take their place. Tony Adams' murder remains unsolved to this day and is listed as a cold case number 1978-86442. The police synopsis of the crime is simple. The victim was found in his apartment. He had been stabbed. The initial investigation showed that the victim was a member of a local radical element. Mm. That is the official statement on file for the murder of Tony Adams. And uh, yeah, so that was the, that was the story of the murder of Anthony Adams. It was a cold case, an unsolved murder from Salt Lake City, Utah, that sent ripples through this this burgeoning uh, gay community in this town and really set them back for a few years and made people feel uncomfortable with being their authentic selves until a new generation who, you know, they're not afraid out of ignorance, but sometimes ignorance is good. Mm -hmm. Sometimes if you don't know not, if you, if you don't know to be afraid of something, it can't hold you back. Yeah. So that's what happened. This new generation came through like, it's so boring here. There's Mm -hmm. no gay clubs. It's like, well, there were, and then it was like, well, whatever you're talking about, we're going to get out on the streets and the next generation shit, we're going to kick this shit back up. Yeah. So they got back out there and that's awesome. So rest in peace to Anthony Adams. Again, his murder is still unsolved. So no updates and at all? No updates that I could find. And again, it could be any of the three things that I named. So I don't know if we'll ever get the answer because this is 40 years ago now. Damn. And that's the shitty part about cold cases. You know? Has it been talked about at all? Here and there. Okay. Definitely gets talked about every year in in Utah. Okay. But nationally, no, I, no. Like I said, all of my sources that I found were Salt Lake, ba- I mean, Utah-based newspapers and magazines. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know if this is like a national story. But it's a very interesting one and one that I felt deserved the conversation. Yeah. So rest in peace to Anthony Adams. And salute to all those young activists who got out there with, you know, with their ignorance being bliss and hit the streets again and hopefully made a lot of progress. I've never been to Utah. Probably, yeah. uh, probably won't probably ever won't. go. Probably, but, um, <laughs> probably Salt Lake, Utah. Utah is not on my list of places to yeah. go. Um, I hear good things, though, but I probably won't go. You hear good things about it? I have, man. You know who loves Utah? Who? Stephen Ray Morris. Okay. He thought he think, he thinks Utah's awesome. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe someday I'll go, but... Actually, I was supposed to go for a family vacation, but the whole thing fell apart. So we didn't go. So I mm. take that as a sign. Yeah. Because it wasn't my idea to go. It was my grandmother's idea. Yeah. I Glenn, think I think, I think think people with money like you, like Utah. That makes sense. Because you can get like, like a, a skiing nice shit? cat. Yeah, you can go skiing, go oh, okay. on a boat, go on a that lake. Fun. Lake boating. I like lake, bo- lake boating. Black people do that? Skiing? Do black people what? Ski? Yeah. I'm sure they do. I like to snowboard. Okay. But skiing, skiing feels very posh. I don't like... Like the snowboard, yeah. Why it's like more hardcore or something? It just, yeah. Uh, admittedly, that that's a very, that's the poser answer, but yeah, man. Skiing <laughs> just feels so like fancy. You know, you got the sticks and it's more equipment that you need, and you got to dress. It just feels very pretentious. I feel like skiing is a lot more like snooty. Sure, S- snowboarding is like you know, for the people that are down. Sure, like Johnny Tsunami. There was a black. There was no black people on the ski team in Johnny Tsunami. But, but I know if somebody would go that skiing, you would go. Yeah, man. No, yeah, I know. Sure. Yeah, I know. No, and yeah. then you would go all into it. Yeah, I know. I know. You talk <laughs> what, shit. What, what, what are you, you talk shit. Oh, 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 whoa, 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 what? whoa man. Don't throw your little uh, sub sub disses in there. What do you what? mean I would go and go all in? Hypocrite. I'm a hypocrite. Yeah. What do you? Uh, excuse me. What do you? What do you mean? You sit. You sit up here. I, this is recorded too. So remember, uh-huh, this. I know what this it is. is. You sit up here. Yeah, and, and you like. 
No, skateboard. I mean, uh, uh I don't uh, like your impression. I mean, <laughs> you got, but okay, uh huh. You know, uh, skiing is just you know it's pretentious and I don't know, all the words you use. <laughs> uh-huh. And you go just fancy and stuff like that. It's just not me. I'd rather just snowboard. Then a year later from now, like, hey man, I went skiing. I got, I got, I come in here. I got ski sticks. <laughs> I'm dressed in skis. You dressed in all. I'm dressed in you got goggles on. I'm going to ski tomorrow. Like, man, you set up here and talk shit about people. That I didn't say I would never ski. I'm just saying I. Lean more snowboard. Sure, but if you would go, you would lean into like, oh man, look, I'm gonna get this 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 suit. <laughs> got these goggles on, man. Come on, man. So I got these new Ego Big, yeah, uh, uh, ski, name brand ski poles. Shit. Yeah, like, but you just set up oh, these, are the, these are the Jordan of ski poles. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I'm a hypocrite. No, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> but to be clear, this is um, this is lives being recorded. I never said I would never ski. Okay, I just said it feels more snooty All than right. snowboarding. Yeah, I like to be where the homies are. You know, I like to be. <laughs> In, in, the, in the trenches with, you know, the real everyday hardworking salt of the earth. And that's snowboarding. Yeah, that's, that's snowboarding. <laughs> right. Still incredibly an incredibly expensive and hobby to have. Very and yeah, difficult. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be like, you know, I just like to be where the everyday common people are on <laughs> ski slopes, you know, on, yeah. you know, wearing $100, $300 jackets <laughs> that are insulated. That's where I like to be where the real people are yeah. on snowboards that cost $500. But I'm just saying, <laughs> I feel like snowboarding is a more chill okay. type of thing. I've yeah. been snowboarding once or twice. I think it's fun. You've been snowboarding to at a like a what a resort or something like that. I've or? been there's a um in Deep Creek. Okay. You, there's there's Bunny Hills. All right. And then there's also a snowboarding slope, like a small one, like a man made with the machines. Okay. Gotcha. I don't know the name of the place, but I've been there once. That and sounds fun. It is fun. Yeah. It's fun, but skiing it it feels like it it feels like you can't just you can't just hop on a snowboard either. Right. But you can hop on a snowboard and. Get in a groove by the end of the day faster than for skis. I feel like because I did think it. So yeah, I mean I did it. You fall. Probably no ski maybe easier. You got you on both feet. Mm-hmm. You're not. You have sticks oh, in your hand. You got for sticks balance. in your hand. Yeah, well, that's true. You've turned me around. But then you have to be <laughs> in the snooty element though. Oh. All I'm saying, man. All right. Man. All my all my listen, I'm gonna say it like this. All my G's and 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 and, and, and folks. They go snowboarding. I don't, what am I saying? I don't know. <laughs> all my Jesus. friends, I don't know. <laughs> all my real salt of the earth friends that I know, yeah, snowboard. Okay, that's all I'm saying. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. You know, we don't hang out all the time. But okay. when I'm not, when I'm not hanging out with you, well, that's who are these all people I'm that gone, go snowboarding? Man. You know, Jake, Jake, T. I don't know any of those T-slice. people. T. Slice, just real, T. Slice. Yeah, you know, just my real the homies. When I'm not hanging out with you, that's all we do is talk about snowboarding. So you know, that's all I'm saying. Is there's there's people like you, <laughs> snooty, all that type of stuff, and then there's people like me, salted earth, real, down to earth, you know, keep it real, that. Sure. So all that's right. all I'm saying. Anyway, rest in peace to Anthony Adams. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, it's Fran's turn to tell you guys some fucked up shit. So stick around. Affirmative murder is brought to you by Acorn TV. After a long day of work, school, or errands, there is nothing like unwinding with a great movie or series to cap off the night. I know for me, after a full day of editing a couple of podcasts, maybe some video stuff, there's no better feeling than popping some popcorn or getting your favorite snack and I just fall into the couch and turn on a TV show that I can just get lost in. But you can't do that if you run out of things to watch. If you want to make sure that your content well never runs dry, You need to check out all the captivating, exclusive, and exciting new releases on Acorn TV. With Acorn TV, there's always something new to discover. 
It has hundreds of exclusive shows from around the world, including award-winning mystery dramas, comedies, and so much more. Like Finding Alice, which is this brilliantly written drama with some dark comedic elements to it. It's so good, so clever, you'll never guess what's coming next. It's just a fantastic show in a slew of other fantastic shows on Acorn TV. And just for you Affirminators out there, if you would like to try Acorn TV free for 30 days, you just need to go to acorn.tv to use our promo code Affirmative Murder, but you have to enter the code in all lowercase letters. So that's acorn.tv, A-C-O-R-N.tv, code Affirmative Murder in all lowercase letters to get your first 30 days for free. Acorn TV, you'll go nuts for it? Oh, that was horrible. All right, welcome back. It's my turn to go. Um, my affirmative murder this week is about the story and the unsolved murder of um, Mark Leonard. Mark Leonard. Mark Leonard. Uh, my sources are um, NBCLosAngeles.com. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm reading two articles. One article was written by Michael Dort, and the other article was um, a- was on ABC7.com, and that was written by Carlos Granda. <clears throat> so here we go. So do you remember... The instant your life changed forever. Kawhi Leonard does. It was January 18th. Kawhi Leonard? Yeah. It was January 18th of 2008. And Leonard was driving in a car with his mother when he got a call from his sister that would permanently alter the course of his life. Leonard was born in Los Angeles on June 29th, 1991. And he is the youngest of five kids. You're telling me Kawhi Leonard is only a year older than me? That is depressing. <laughs> <laughs> that is a bummer. Damn. Yep. Oh, that hit me like a ton of bricks. Yeah, man. Oh, his life is so much more successful than I am. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Athlete. Strong. <sighs> huge. Great head of hair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so he's the youngest of five kids and is the only boy in the bunch. So he has four older, oldest. He has four older sisters and he has one younger brother. Mm. Leonard grew up a fan of Southern California sports. The first NBA game he ever attended was a Clippers game. His favorite team was the Lakers, but his favorite player was Allen Iverson. Leonard's father, Mark Leonard, was a football player. Mm. So Kawhi grew up a two-sport athlete, excelling in both basketball and football. If he wasn't playing one of those sports, he was working at his father's car wash in Compton. Mm. Each and every summer, he would hand wash car after car from sunrise until sunset until his gigantic hands went numb. Yeah. Can you imagine that guy getting your windshield? Yeah. The whole thing, half of it at yeah. least, just yeah. one swipe. <laughs> yeah. So it was hard work, but I loved it, is what Leonard said. After his parents separated, he moved with his, mo- with his mother to Riverside, where he attended Canyon Springs High School in uh, Moreno Valley. Mark would visit his only son, and they'd jump the fence in the backyard and run up and down the hill for over 30 minutes. Then they'd throw the football around and practice shooting on nearby basketball court. Leonard remembered these memories with, with, his father, with his father fondly. They are a treasure chest he can open at any time to pluck life's precious moments back into existence. He knew it would break his, his father's heart when he told him during his sophomore year of high school that he was quitting football to focus on basketball. So his dad was a football guy. Yeah. He wanted him to play football. He wanted him to do both, but he wanted him to make Really, if you're going to pick one, pick yeah. football. So Linda said, he got kind of mad. He wanted me to play both and maximize my opportunity. But before Linda could focus on basketball, he first had to find a team he could play on. 
During trials his freshman year at Canyon Springs, his mother Kim was called into work and therefore was unable to drive Kawhi to trials. Despite pleading with the head coach to allow him to try out after the fact, the coach of Canyon Springs refused and Leonard spent his freshman his freshman year playing football instead. So if again, people don't know who Kawhi Leonard is, he's an NBA player, great NBA player who, you know, who fun guy. Yeah. <laughs> who's uh whose path into the NBA was different than a superstar or a, a, a regular superstar path yeah. to, to the NBA. So it's like he wasn't always the best player. Top wasn't top recruited. Exactly, through his, stuff, through his, yeah. uh, his, his, his young career. So thanks, thanks to the help of his AAU coach, Marvin Lee, Leonard was able to transfer to Martin Luther King High School his junior year, and he was able to play basketball. The for move, the for, Like for, on a team for the first time? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Man, that makes me depressed as well. So he's a year older than me mm-hmm. and didn't start playing organized basketball until his junior year of high school. Well, I think he was He played. He, he was but, playing, but he didn't he didn't make a team until his junior year. His junior year. Yeah. Wow. Yep. So again, he transferred to Martin Luther King High School. His junior year, he was uh yeah, he was able to play basketball. The move paid off and he was named California California's Mr. Basketball, the best high school player in California during his senior year. Dang. Um, so they just, they had an California is huge. Yeah, man. That's a big honor. Yeah. So, uh, they were saying that his, one of his AAU coaches was like, I guess his dad used to coach something. He was like, Hey man, I have an NBA player on my team. Like they, <laughs> they can see his talent when he was young by him being, you know, big, and yeah. big ass hands and go like this man can possibly go to the NBA yes. if he just put the work in. So Linus legendary drive, determination and work ethic imparted upon him by his father were on full display. Even at 16 years old, he would go for hours shooting basketball after basketball in the shadows of his high school gym. So he was, you know, got, the guy doesn't talk. Yeah. He doesn't talk, but people that was close to him, like, knew, like, he worked hard and was like, you know, he focused, he, had a goal. focused and was like, I want to get to the NBA. Yeah. So he, his mind was, fo- it was all on achieving greatness. So Leonard did whatever it took to become the best basketball player he could be. Uh, so he always stayed after practice, said Sweeney Jr., which, is, which was his coach. I want, I'm wanting to go home. I got four kids, and I have, to, I have to count on my assistant coaches to stay for Kawhi. So that brings us to the phone call that changed, that changed Leonard's life forever. So now I'm going to read an interview that was ABC7 News did with Jacqueline Leonard, who was Mark Leonard's wife at the time, and that got was it. Kawhi Leonard's stepmother. Gotcha. stepmother. Gotcha. So the victim was 43-year-old Mark Leonard. He was shot and killed in front of his car wash in mm. Compton. Mm. He was the father of the NBA star... Kawhi Leonard. Leonard's murder in 2008 remains unsolved mm. and deputies are still searching for the gunman. And this is what, 12 years ago. So Kawhi um, Leonard was a, a teen at the time of the shooting. Jacqueline Leonard remembers she just she just found out that she was pregnant with Zion, which mm. is uh, Kawhi his Leonard's younger yeah, his younger, his, his younger half-brother. When an incident occurred um, at the car wash, she said, you could see a conversation escalating, escalated too loud Two loud voices getting closer to one another, and that scared me, Jacqueline Leonard said. The car wash is no longer there now. It's another business. Mm-hmm. So Jacqueline says the incident started when a friend came by hoping Mark would help uh, mediate a dispute. She says she didn't know who the other, the other people were. They were loud. There was a loud discussion. Everyone left, and then she noticed something unusual. So... Uh, what happened was this sounds like some street politics. Yeah, yeah, stuff, yeah. yeah, man. So what happened was, um, they was about to close up, uh-huh. and he said Mark Leonard was the type of guy who was like, you know, let's get one more car in before we close up, yeah. right? 
So uh, she said the truck that these people were in kept driving back and forth mm-hmm. um, by the car wash. She said, "Now she said now my nerves are really getting bad because I'm thinking, why do they keep driving by here?" Mm-hmm. That's, that's California. Yeah, yeah, man. So I was later at closing time. Someone walked through the gate and came up towards them. So this is the time where he was like, "One more car, man. Yeah, let's get in here and get this done." So at that time, somebody walks in, walks in through the gate. He had a gray sweatshirt on while he's working on the last car. Yep. He had a gray sweatshirt and his hood over his head and all these dark clothes. But you couldn't see him and he had something across his face. You could only see his eyes, she said. The suspect then started shooting. Mm. The suspect then stands over Mark and keeps shooting and then he runs off. I ran outside and laid on Mark's back and was telling him, hey, you have to make it. What about me? What about the baby? The kids? Mm. Three months later, so... Rest in peace, Mark Leonard. You know, he passes away in front of his shop. And, like, just hearing that stuff reminds yeah. me of, of Nipsey Hussle. It's just, that's it's, that's crazy and tragic. He also was, like, a buddy of his that just got out of jail. Yeah. He was like, yeah, I'm come over to the store, man. I'm going to get you right. I'm going to get you some sweatsuits. Yeah. Was like, just something that he, when you, that one last thing yeah. in, the, in your day. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, so three months later, after... Uh, Mark Leonard's passed away, uh-huh. and they don't they don't know who did Anything. this crime. They don't know. So three months later, a vehicle drives into the car wash, going the wrong way. Jacqueline says the windows come down, came down, and the young man in the back seat sat up with the AK forty seven. And my friend says, "Run." He's got a gun. I remember thinking, "Oh no, not again." Jacqueline was three months pregnant at the time, and she as she ran, she was shot in the legs. Oh, get the hell out of here! Yep. When the shooting happened, I looked at the young man and I looked him in the eyes because I remember him saying, she's pregnant. And then the gentleman in the front of him said, that's her, she said. And when he said that, I thought to myself, oh, this was like a witness. This is for me. Yeah. Say, this is for me. So investigators believe the two shootings are related. And she says it was very difficult for her stepson, Kawhi Leonard. She said that I knew from having Kawhi around me, I knew he was that kind of child that was going to be quiet. And draw into his emotions, she said. He was always a quiet child, but he seemed more withdrawn to me and focused on basketball. I think this was his therapy. I think that for him, that's how we got through it. Mm. She says it took her a long time to get the courage to talk about it. I decided to come forward because after 11 years, I want justice for my husband and for the kids. So Jacqueline admits she was she was targeted and she was worried to come forward. So all this time she yeah, was like, "That was witness intimidation." Or exactly, they were going they were to execute to get, her. Yes. Yeah. So they they didn't know who they didn't know if she they didn't even she probably didn't see anything because the murder's still unsolved. It's still but unsolved. They but saw they, that she was there. Yeah. Wow. And that's and that is terrifying, man. So she was like, "I knew that was for me." They was trying to get me out of there, and she was saying that I didn't talk about it for eleven. I didn't talk about it for eleven years until now. I'm coming forward. Jeez. Yeah. So Leonard was told of his father's death while driving with his mom and uncle. His sister was that one that called him and broke the news. Mm. So the next day, Leonard's MLK High School basketball team had to play against um, vaunted Dominguez Hills and Paul, at Paul Pauley Pavilion. Leonard scored 17 points in front of a packed house, but his team lost 68 to 60. After the game, a bystander li- witnessed Leonard um, breaking down in his mother's arms in the hallway. The emotions of the last 24 hours had become too much for him. Obviously. Yeah. yeah. So after the game, he just broke down. His mother, Kim Robertson, told Ramona Shelbourne in 2014 
They were close, very close. Shout out to Ramona Shelbourne, by the way. She's a fantastic journalist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of the bystanders watching the game was Academy Award winner, award-winning actor, guess. That was watching the that was, game? That was watching the game. He was at the game, and he saw Kawhi Leonard. Right? In California? Time. Yeah. Um, Academy Award. I was going to say Ice Cube. Uh, no. <laughs> um, Denzel Washington. Yes, sir. Man, I'm nice. Yep. Oh, I'm good. Yeah. So uh, Academy Award winning Den- actor Denzel Washington, his son Malcolm Washington was one was on one of the teams playing that day. Oh, get the hell out of here. Yep. Hey, he's talented too. So he said, no, no, that Malcolm, that's a different person than John David. Yeah. John David's the actor. Yeah. I don't know who the hell Malcolm was. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I, know that's, I, him. I didn't mean it that way. I just I thought he was his brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who that was. Yeah. Uh, I feel like Malcolm Malcolm Washington is like the Chet Hayes of the Hanks, but you know Tom Hanks has two oh, sons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he only really has one son. Yeah. They don't like the other guy, the one that's out here. Like it's a white boy summer. That oh, guy. Yeah. They don't. He. They just like here's your inheritance. That's money. first time I ever heard him. Yeah. Him oh, because he's just is like a fucking they rich kid oh, chilling. Yeah, exactly. But his other son, Colin Hanks, is like this prestigious actor. He's mm. respectable. He shows up to the premieres in a suit, yeah. and then. Chet Hayes is like, Booyah Kashaw, it's me, the rapper, Chet Hayes. I'm out here. I re-. You're like, why are you Jamaican? Yeah. You know? That's but crazy. yeah, so I feel like Malcolm Washington, I don't hear about him. No. Nah. He's not John David. No, nah, he's not He's not trying to be in the spotlight. Taking his father's path. He's doing his own thing. Okay. I'd probably, and and I'd, I don't know I, what he's I, doing I would, now because this is what, uh, like 11 years ago. Yeah, this is so a long time ago. It was a high school basketball game. So, Never has ever heard of Malcolm Washington yeah. again. Uh, let me tell you like this. I'd take my father's path. <laughs> He's like, we can get you on the Nickelodeon show. I'd be like, yeah, thanks, Poppy. Yeah. Thanks, Daddy. I love yeah. you. Oh, man. I would, the way I would be just like the, uh, the, he don't the child he don't, of he a don't celebrity. Act, man. He, his dreams was, was be a basketball player and it just didn't work How'd out. that work for Malcolm Washington? He's still rich. I'm sure he still has money. Yeah, He's, he's fine. Yeah, oh, he's yeah. Actually, oh, I, oh, I know he's fine. I'm just saying, John David's out here killing shit. Doing movies with Zendaya and hey, stuff. I, I, I'm sure he's fine with that. Yeah. I mean, if I could just be rich doing nothing, yeah. I probably would choose that. <laughs> But if you got to do something, why not follow in the family business? I guess. Uh, so, yeah, so Denzel Washington said, my son had a game, and there was a second game, and it was a, it was a school called uh, King Riverside. And I remember because that night they said there's a young man who, who was playing tonight whose father had been killed. So uh, they, he said that we had a moment of silence for him. Okay. And the okay. kid's name was Kawhi Leonard, and he had 29 points and 27 rebounds. And I think what? <laughs> what? <laughs> twenty nine points, twenty seven rebounds. This is this is. It a, was two games. Oh, back to back. I think it was yeah. I think it was like like a tournament or something. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. the first game he didn't really do well. He's yeah. seventeen points. Yeah, 17. But that the next that's, game, the second that's game, that's crazy. He just went ham. That's I never. That's well, oh, it might have been. Yeah, it might have been the second game. Yeah. Uh, so you probably saw him after the second game when he was like yeah. tired, broken down, and shit. Just everything's coming back to him. He's probably all emotions and shit is running. Twenty nine and twenty seven. Twenty nine and twenty seven. And I figured, wow, this kid is inspired by losing his dad, and what a game. And no one knew, oh, no, he'll be able to do that for the next 20 years. <laughs> I mean, listen, I like – Kawhi Leonard is fantastic. Yes. He's not out here getting 29 and 27 ever. Like, I haven't seen him do that. He does some amazing shit. He probably could if he wanted to. Yeah, I guess. If Yeah, I guess it's true. <laughs> He's really good. Yeah. So another young man um, – other young men have allowed the murder of a loved one and the unanswered questions of whom committed the crime to torment them. But yeah. after the breakdown in the hallway, Leonard never spoke about it again. So this 
uh, and, and if people read just like stories, whatever this, you know, say this tragedy was a big hit to who Koala it was. Changed them as a like changed him as changed a person. him completely because he was so close to his dad. His dad meant everything to him. Yeah, and now it's just like. He's just... He already was a very to-himself person. Yeah. But now this big tragedy is happening. He doesn't... We don't know him, obviously. But, right. like, it seemed... From from all accounts of people, yeah. this big thing happened to him, and he became even more reserved. Right. Yep. Yep. So everything is pretty much close to the chest with him. Just yeah, it, it really... It's so insane that it feels like... You know how Anthony Davis has a unibrow? Like, people have a thing. Yeah. I'm like, this dude can't be this quiet. But he's he might really be battling demons. But it it feels like he's now at this point playing along with the thing. But also at the know, same time, doesn't it have doesn't have social at all. media at all. Yeah, it's it's weird. But it's, it's like weird. he wants to be LeBron type level of ba- of just respected of as just a basketball respected. player. But I don't want to be in Space Jam. Or I think have he does though. Oh, then but that's, it's like that's confusing. I, I think he does, but it's like I don't have to. I don't. I don't. Have I don't want you all in my business. Want to? Yeah, exactly. I don't want to. Social, I mean, uh, LeBron James on social media, so you yeah, know, you can't you can't get one that. without the other. Exactly. In order to be that level of celebrity, people have to kind of get a piece of you, and exactly. Know who you are, yep. see your family. It sucks. Yep. Everybody wants to have the money and the fame and the privacy. Yeah, you got to give up something. Yeah, you, you can't have something. all three of those. And things. if they bring up his kids, he's like, we're not, we're not talking about that. We're not talking about. Oh kids. man, he doesn't play around. Don't play. Yeah, we not. We talking about. I'm here for basketball. That's all. What you had for dinner last night? Are there any questions about yeah. basketball? <laughs> he I'd don't. Like, Damn, <laughs> nothing. Don't ask. Kawhi, what's your favorite color? Um, I like basketball, so it's the next yeah, question. Man. Yeah, he's not. Nothing. Nothing, man. So Leonard never spoke about it again, rather than allow his father's murder to hold him back. Mm. He used it as fuel to honor his legacy with his own life. Leonard turned tragedy into triumph, and perhaps that explains a lot about Leonard's um, infamously quiet and pretentious demeanor that allows him to remain an enigma to the world. Mm. So I didn't see Kawhi suffer from it, Kim Robinson, which is his mom. I wanted him to. I would say, Kawhi, are you okay? Are you okay? But I think he kept it all in. I was kind of scared. And you know how young men, they lose their father, who is a big figure in their life. It might turn them to do bad things, but Kawhi's always been strong. I think he he thinks about it, but he never mentions it. Wow. Yeah. So Kawhi's life uh, changed forever that that fateful day. The quiet, reserved kid who spent his summer washing cars lost his father. The hole in his heart from the loss of his dad is still likely empty to to this day. But from tragedy and loss, as if something new is born in its place, on that day, Leonard's father was laid to rest. An unrelenting warrior with a fighting spirit was born. That's the Leonard we see on the basketball court even to this day. So Leonard, um, of course, you know, since we watch basketball, He's in the NBA now, but yeah. he went to uh, he had offers from different schools. He had offers from like UCLA and like other schools, but and he had offer from San Diego State is where he actually went. But he only went to San Diego State because they was like, "Hey, you know, you can start as soon as you get here." Yeah, no question. So he could have went to any other big college, but he was like, "Oh, San Diego State was like, I play. have a starting position. Yeah, I'm going there. I'm going where I can play." Yeah, so he went there. Um, he did win all kinds of awards being but there. They didn't, but they didn't really make any noise though. But they school. didn't. Yeah, yeah, they made it. They made me made it to the Sweet Sixteen, I think. And he like lost. Um, but each year he got better and better. But they were saying that while he was there, his nickname was the uh, the board man. They used to call him board man or board man gets paid. They used to call him those type type of nicknames when he was there. But so he was like a Dennis Rodman kind of guy. 
I mean, he no, he was the best too. player on the team. Oh, okay, but he, he get a bunch of rebounds too. Yeah, but it was like, but he was just his his personality was just like different than they ever seen. Like he yeah. he would talk trash, but it was just like buckets. <laughs> that was it. They said that's all he did was just that's buckets. Good. That's good. <laughs> that was that's all he was saying. And one. Oh, like nope, nope, yeah. not going nowhere. Just, <laughs> just, just, I would love to see what type of person he was before you know all you know all that went down. Just yeah. him. I know he was out. You know, I'm not saying he was. He they wasn't say, I mean, always quiet, was, but they, they say he was uh, reserved even as, as yeah, a kid. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's that made it him more reserved. But yeah. he might have all listen. This is a tragedy what happened to his, exactly. his dad. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't explain why he laughs like a robot. And some of this stuff is just he is who he is. Yep. It's not like he's just in this perpetual state of depression. I'm, sh- I'm sure he misses his dad. I'm mm. sure that's sad. But some of this stuff is this dude is just a reserved guy. Yeah, man. And I, 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 it's at this point, it's like, I love it. Keep it coming. Again, sometimes I do feel like he's. I think mil- he is. It's an act a little bit. Like he's yeah, like yeah. it's like now it's become lucrative. Now yeah. it's like it's he does so laugh. weird. He yeah, laugh on purpose. Yeah, now. you yeah, know. Yeah. So sometimes you know he has the fun guy merch. Yeah, yeah. Because he is a he's a strange guy. Yeah. One of my favorite Kawhi Leonard tweets is like Kawhi Leonard. I feel like his family doesn't even know he his kids don't even know he plays basketball. Like Probably he not. he just plays basketball, goes home, eats dinner. Like they got the the plate in the microwave form, like yeah. as if he was like a plumber or something. Yeah. Like he has two kids, and people like a year ago was like. I didn't even know he had a wife. Yeah, no, he doesn't. He does not tell people anything about himself. Nothing. Kawhi Len- Leonard. The best word for him in that article is he is an enigma. I don't know anything about Kawhi Leonard. Yep. I find it fascinating that he has done everything that he has done to stay in Los Angeles. But after hearing this story, it makes sense to me that he wants to stay where he's from and yeah. be close to his family. Yeah. Even though I feel like he has enough money where it's like. We could all be family anywhere. Anyway, yeah. But, but he, wants he to loves be back California. Home. Yeah. That's where he, that's where he's from. Yep, he so wanted to be that, back home. That makes sense. Yep. But man, he could have just he could have been a king in Toronto. I mean, he could have been a royal. Like, they could have never won another anything. They would have retired his jersey. They put still would. They oh, still, still going to retire. That was jersey. his ring, bro. Yeah. He got. They were giving him a statue ring, and that's going to be crazy <laughs> for you to do that in one year. And it's like. You're the best you player to ever, ever play for this organization ever. And you play one year. You play one year. Don't and none of the record books or anything. Yeah, no. You didn't you're not you don't no scoring title. You don't have the most rebounds on the team. You just had a really fantastic <laughs> season that changed everything and then left. Yeah. And now he's going to have a statue of a big hand. It's crazy. And uh, his jersey's going to be in the Raptors Raptors and everything. That's wild. But if he would have stayed there, yeah. He would have been like oh, they would have made you know it's like Giannis uh, this is getting deep deep sports but whatever. Giannis and Tedekumbo stayed in Milwaukee. Yeah. They won. He now will never leave Milwaukee. He's gonna have a fleet of car dealerships. He's gonna be oh, the king yeah. of Milwaukee. He's gonna yeah. make he's gonna make billions of dollars from the Milwaukee economy. They gave him part of the Milwaukee Brewers. Like it's just they give you the key when you're like one of uh, like a uh, the guy. Mm-hmm. All the doors open up. Yeah, for you. a small market like that. Oh, Milwaukee. Man. All, I would have took all that <laughs> funny Canadian purple money and everything, and just like oh, just give me all of it. Yeah. I'm sure it converts well. Yep. Oh man, I would have been happily been the king of Toronto. Give me a bunch of goose down jackets and heated floors. Oh, would have just didn't want it, man. Move the whole family just, there. He wanted to go the back. King home. of the North. Wanted to go back home. I mean, Cal- I mean California's hard to beat. Yeah. Um. So uh, California with money. Oh, sickening. He's a year older than me, huh, friend? Yeah. Oh, I'm sick. Yeah, but he's not out partying though. I don't care. He's yeah. out like in a Bentley Pantega. He probably eighty he degree probably weather. Even think he, he drives like a Kia like Sorento. His, yeah, man. So man, it gets good mileage. Save his money. <laughs> He's the only guy that like 
you know, you see like uh, really famous basketball players. They're like, you don't drive a Buick. Yeah, he does. Like yeah. they gave it to me for free. It's a great car. <laughs> Reliable. I like that's it. him. Yeah, that's him. He don't he don't want attention. He's not driving a Ferrari. He don't. He doesn't want the attention at all. Drive a minivan and shit. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Leonard was selected number fifteenth overall in the twenty eleven NBA draft by the Indiana Pacers. I didn't even know he was. I thought he was drafted a little later than that. Yeah. I, I mean, I watched the, I watched like a a YouTube video about how him and Paul George were on the team at the same yeah, time. Man, what a fucking what a mess up that was by the GM. I'm mean, like, this guy's not going to be anything. <laughs> Just give him to the Spurs for nothing. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, yeah, so he drafted uh, number 15 overall in 2011 NBA draft by the Indiana Pacers, but a draft day trade by San Antonio Spurs head coach Greg Popovich sent the 19-year-old to Texas with George Hill George Hill going back to Indiana uh, in the day. George Hill. Yep. So eight, eight years later, and Leonard has gradually – Ascended into the one of the best players in the NBA. He Every won year he got NBA Finals, <laughs> NBA Finals MVP with the Spurs in 2014. The throwing in the Miami Heat dynasty in the process. Five years later, he would dethrone another dynasty. He almost single-handedly destroyed the Golden State Warriors, arguably considered the best team in the NBA. So, I mean, this dude went on and had... A fantastic career. Yeah, still, still in the process. Um, But... Top five player in the league right now. Yeah, and... uh. At the end of this article, they talked about, it says, nothing in life is guaranteed. You can't guarantee a long life for your loved ones. You can't guarantee you'll reach your dream of playing in the NBA. Mm. You can't guarantee you'll turn that dream into a championship glory. Mm. But one thing is for certain, Leonard's father would, would be pr- very proud of the man and the player that he has become. Oh, that's without a doubt. Yeah. So, and then he said that, you know, him being in a Clippers uniform or playing, yeah, in a Clippers uniform was... That was his first NBA game. His dad took him to was a Clippers. He was a Lakers fan, but the first NBA game he 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 was a Clippers was a Clippers game. game. Mm. So he you know he's he's soaking all that up, and it's just it's memories. And now that's that's a great narrative, yeah, and could be true, yeah. Do you feel like that is the reason that he's a Clipper? Partially. I think it played a part. Okay. I think it yeah. A part. Okay. I think I think he because that's I mean that's a great. I think it, that, it sounds great. Right. I think it, I think it played a part in him giving him a chance. Yes. That go, that I'll memory that yeah, yeah. yeah it's like but know, I'm a Laker I'm everybody knows it's Lakers this is yes. a Laker town but I you know since I have that type of connection and my dad I'll give I'll you go guys listen to him and they were <laughs> like we'll give you whatever you want whatever <laughs> so we'll like, give you whatever so, all right okay cool I we can turn this shit upside down yeah. for, for you to come here. <laughs> And it's like, and I'm sure he doesn't regret his decision at right. all. I mean, at the end of the day, he gets paid millions of dollars yep. to play basketball in his home state. Yep. You know, so. Yeah, so that was. The, well for him. Yeah, so again, um, this is an unsolved murder. His, wow. The person that killed his father has, had never, has, hasn't been caught yet. But I just wanted to, um, I'm sure a lot of people know who Kawhi is and know yep. maybe that story has went around, but does, went, around, went around, but doesn't know, you know, the details of that story yeah. and how it plays a part in who he is today and what drove him to become one of the best NBA players in the NBA. So. I think that I don't want to p- put any speculation on his dad, but his dad has to be, he had to be known in the streets or something. Well, like I'm glad that. you brought that up, but because uh, Joe Button um, was on the hot seat because he said some shit like that. Okay. It was like, he said he went on his podcast or something and was like, his dad was in the streets doing something. Okay. Well, I don't know. I'm saying yeah, yeah. it just that feels so targeted as opposed right, to like I'm, a robbery. Right. I mean, I thought the same thing too, but I'm like, 
Joe Budden came out and was like, it's like setting. Yeah, no, like, but like, like he knew for a fact. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I'm saying it sound, and I'm not saying like he was a bad right, person. Right. I'm just saying like something he might happened. have said something to the random. wrong person. Something that it wasn't was, random. and then they come back. And, it wasn't it, random. Yeah, it, it wasn't random. It, yeah, it, that, that, and that also could be one of those situations where, and again, I'm, uh, I'm speculating. This, that could be another one of those situations where the person who killed his dad mm-hmm. got handled outside of the judicial system. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, Kawhi Leonard, millions, and I'm, again, I'm just speculating. Yeah. Very well-known person, does a lot for his neighborhood. This person didn't just, nobody knows who this person is. Yeah. I find, it, I, I find that hard to believe. So it's one of those things where it's possible that that person did receive a different type of justice. Yeah. And I, again, I'm not saying like, oh, I know that that's definitely what happened. But again, we hear we hear rumors about the Eric Holder's the person who killed Nipsey Hussle. We heard all kind of stories about like, oh, the city went crazy. And I'm not from California. Yeah. But I'm just saying they said like, oh, and every nobody with the last name Holder was safe because they oh, locked yeah. him up. And and I don't know how true that is. Yeah. But you hear stories like that where it's like sometimes street justice gets people. Yeah. And it feels strange, is especially on the double back. Eric Holder. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh, he's oh, okay. probably he's in protective custody. He won't be around people ever. And if he ever is, he will die. Like, uh, yeah. he'll be like Jeffrey Dahmer. The moment they are like, yeah, go and no more uh, PC for you. Yeah. Just p- public. He's he's dead. But, um, yeah, man, that is. And then the double back is just gross. They yeah. came back to get his stepmom. Yeah. No. She I, was, and she was pregnant. She was pregnant. So yeah. it sounds like they stalled her out. Like, they didn't. That's the reason they didn't kill her. Sounded like it sound, from no, what she it, heard. It, no, it, it sounded to me when I read it, it was like she's pregnant. I'm not. I can't. But this somebody, is wrong. yeah. But somebody. Else but the guy in the front was like, "No, that's her." Yeah, yeah. That's fucking nuts. Yeah, but I did have. I don't know if you. I don't know if you heard of this. I did have so like a little some extra shit that one of Kawhi Leonard's sisters is uh, among two women being um, held on bail for allegedly robbing and killing an elderly elderly lady um, at a California casino August 31st, and this was. This was in 2019. Get the fuck out of here. Yep. So one come, of his sisters. Yeah. Oh, he might, he he couldn't have been. They couldn't have been. They must be estranged. Her name is like Kamisha Monet Williams. He might have like a bunch of half siblings. Probably. That might be what this is. Probably, where it's like, yeah. I mean, she's my sister technically, but like, we're not close. I'm yeah. not. I don't. Well, I think so because I, I think his dad only had two kids. Yeah. Him and and the youngest son. I think the mom had probably had sister daughters or whatever. I mean, even if you're not. Uh, living the a lavish lifestyle. If you're like a close sibling to somebody of his status, mm-hmm. you're not robbing people. Like you, he's taking care of you in some kind of way. Yeah, N- you know, not to be presumptuous, but like robbing old people. She was eight nine years old. They beat that old lady. Oh, jeez. In 2019. In 2019. So I think yeah, that's yeah. like the year he won. Probably. I think so. It might all came up. I I think I heard it a while ago. So I think. Especially when you win all kinds of shit comes. Yeah, out. like oh yeah, this person has your blood. Yeah. What about this thing? Yeah, different last names. I would. Ass- I'm gonna assume that they weren't like the closest. Yeah, but it's still still sister. Still sister. And it's it's still news that's gonna come out, and it's gonna For be sure. connected to you. It's, yes, but um, it doesn't really matter because anybody is like, hey, Kawhi, so what about your sister? Um. So uh, yeah, next question. Yeah. He doesn't. Nah. He's, he's unfazed. He's talking about that. Yeah, man. So that was the story man, of wow. unsolved murder of uh, Mark Leonard, Kawhi Leonard's dad. Rest in peace, Mark Leonard. Yeah, man. that's tough, man. A lot of times, 
Yeah, like you said, like in the article, it said, like, you know, that's a hard thing to bounce back from from some people, that type of devastation. Yeah. But somebody you so your dad, your yeah. father, but somebody you so close to. And was dry, giving you the drive and, the, yeah. you know, was your biggest fan and all yeah. that stuff. So for him to be able to, one of my favorite quotes is from uh, Brandon Marshall, football player. He goes, you need to implement a championship routine. Mm-hmm. And that way, no matter what happens, whether you hit your goals or whatever, Every day you wake up, you know that you're doing the you're doing if you don't make it, you did everything that you could to make it. Yeah. But if you if you don't if you don't do everything that you can and you don't make it, then you'll always have questions. But if you yeah. know I'm pushing myself as hard as I can, I'm doing everything that I can, even if you fail, you know then it just was always meant to be because I can't I couldn't have done anything more than I've been doing. Yeah. So it's like implement a championship regimen. And for him to do that. After losing his dad and still lock in and go, I'm, I'm playing basketball. Yeah. I'm going to be fantastic at basketball and then get into the NBA and then get better every year. Yeah. Also, side note, Greg Popovich should never be allowed in Indiana ever again. I mean, that was a robbery. <laughs> That's like crazy. Greg's, I mean, Greg Pop saw something. Saw those hands. He said, like, you can't have hands like that and not at least trash. be like Scottie Pippen or something. He's at least going to be like a defensive force. Which we could use. Yeah. <laughs> and then it turned out like, oh, this dude's come here. Oh, he stays in the gym. Yeah. And he just became one of the best players in the league, man. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes some of the some of the most production comes out of tragedy. So, yeah. you know, this is another one of those situations where you go, would he still be Kawhi yeah, Leonard that's what I thought about too, if yeah. he didn't lose his dad? Yeah, I'm man. sure he would trade it all to Absolutely. find out. Absolutely. Like, it's like, yeah, no, I'll... You wipe my memory. Yeah, I'll go back, and my dad never dies, and we'll just let's just see if I still have the drive. Yeah, I'm sure he would do that in a heartbeat. So, but it is something that I always think about that stuff when you hear these stories of tragedy and everything, and you're talking about it from a person who is like at the top of the mountain. You go, well, do you still get to the top of the mountain without that tragedy and motivation, yeah. or you know, whatever? So that's an interesting little thought experiment, but. Yeah, man, that sucks. Jeez. Uh, let's go ahead and get into these good vibes and lift the spirits up. Welcome back to our good vibe segment. My favorite segment, of course. Um, my good vibe segment is about a uh 100 year old but she's almost 100 years old mm. 100 year old grandma that sets a guinness world record as a power lifter oh and continues winning trophies and they, they have like a picture up of like her when she in her younger days was yeah. like all black and white and shit mm. and then her power lifting 90 years later and you know what's weird i think last week when i was doing my story I, th- I think it was when i was doing my story it was so weird that as I was like Googling stuff, it was so weird to see somebody that was born that their death, I mean, their birth year was like 1892 or something. Yeah. That is so weird to see. I mean, they died in like the 40s or like the 70s or whatever. Still, I mean, yeah. But it's like, it's so, it's it's like, what? It's just so weird to see that, man. It's a whole different century. 18? Like, I was born in 1892. Like, yeah. What? Like, at that, like well, that time doesn't weirder. even seem like and it we're, exists. We're getting further away from it where it's dwindling but like then there's people at a point of of us being alive yeah there were people like your great-grandmother would go oh yeah well my grandmother who i knew was mm-hmm. born in 1891 yeah that's crazy you know what i mean that's like wow 
That's crazy. <laughs> you know, like my grandmother was, I, I have a, it's not just me reading it off some screen. Yeah. I knew a person who was born in 1894. It's just so weird to see that date, man. Mm-hmm. That, that year. It's, it's so weird. Like that, like oh, people was born before the nineteen, the nineteen hundreds. Yeah, so, man, that's it's so it's so weird. See, I was first. I 18? was following you. First, I was following uh, you. Now you took it somewhere. My bad. <laughs> like, it's weird. It's, people just started. People were born up. before nineteen ninety one. That's crazy. Nineteen hundreds, like people. That's when people started walking around. Yeah, like, <laughs> All this shit just wasn't here. Light bulbs and all. These, that's crazy. People were around. <laughs> so reaching the age of a hundred and good health and good spirits is an accomplishment in its own right. Absolutely. But training to take home your next weightlifting trophy truly takes the birthday cake. <laughs> like that. I like that. That's good. <laughs> at the age at the age of ninety eight years and ninety four days. Great great grandmother Edith Murway already had a Guinness World Record as the oldest female competitive weightlifter under her belt, and she su- successfully deadlifted 150 pounds to do it. Um, 150 pounds. 150 pounds. Yep. Damn. So Edith stored storied win will be featured in the Guinness World Records of 2022's edition. As a former dance instructor and performer, physical fitness was always a way of life for the Bronx-born Florida transplant. But considering she took up weightlifting <clears throat> as a uh, as a scant nine years ago, the, the progress tra- uh, Edith, Edith made is truly impressive, especially since discovering her newfound avocation um, was pretty much a happy incident. So, like, she just, like, weightlifting wasn't her thing. She just picked it she up. Just, she went to the gym with, like, a friend of hers and... And she's already was already old when she did this. Maybe uh, I thought you said nine years ago. Nine years ago, what? That she started weightlifting. Yeah, nine years ago. Nine years ago. So it's like she went by like when her friend didn't want to go to the so gym. So she was ninety years old. The she was first like 80, time, eighty something. You said she's ninety eight. She's right? ninety four. Ninety four. Oh, okay, nine, okay. I'm sorry, my bad. Ninety eight. Ninety eight. Right. Okay. 98, okay. She's ninety eight. Ninety four days. That's okay. What I got yeah. For, okay. I mixed up. So she yeah, was ninety. Yeah. She was ninety. The first she time she was like. I'm gonna pick up some pick up, I'll try to squat these. Yeah. Wow. So she went to the gym with a friend of hers and was just like, "Yes, I'll go." Fell in love Let with me try this. Metal. She saw other women doing weights and she was like, "Young women, I'm sure." Yeah. Let's, let me try this. And Actually, then, no. It might have been like a retirement. I'm sure they didn't go to like a like gold gym. Yeah. I'm sure it was like a retirement gym. They went to the YMCA. Yeah. No. And um, dudes in, and dudes in spaghetti strap tanks <laughs> with fucking crazy tra- Sure. Like that's what. Do young got. people go to the YMCA to work out? Yeah, that was for older. Well, like young people whose parents have a YMCA membership. Okay. okay. I don't know many, like you know me and, and Jay Nice, and when we get when we get ready for I don't for, know snow, for snowboard season, season, we don't train at the Y. Okay. You can't bang plates at the Y. Oh, okay. Just it's just cardio. It's like a lunk alarm type of situation, like at Planet Fitness. You need to have some like. Don't you go to Don't you go to Planet Fitness though, right? I do go to Planet Fitness. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Your story continue. Yeah. <laughs> Try shit on him and you yeah, go. No, I didn't shit on him. No, no, no. no, 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 no I'm done with your narrative, man. I let you say a lot no, of stuff. No, no, because you're going there out of the side of your mouth shit about can't, me. Can't bang ways, but you know, like play the fitness. But you go to play the fitness, yeah, go to play fitness. And then you go to play the fitness, try shit on them. And then they got I'm not shit on them. I'm just saying, if you go in there and try to bang plates, they're going to ring the lunk. Do you like playing the fitness? I do like playing fitness. It's a great environment. There's no judge. It's a judgment free zone. Is it? That's the song. It's like Pizza Thursdays or some shit like that. I don't partake, but yes, there are Pizza Thursdays. <laughs> Been there when the pizza comes out, yeah. But I don't, I don't get down on. You not tempted at all? Nah, you can't. You sure, lift man? weights and eat pizza, but it's a judgment-free zone, so I'm not judging anybody. 
You want to get down on that box of pizza after you walked a mile <laughs> on a treadmill? You shouldn't do you that. You earned it. You, <laughs> you didn't earn it, but eat it. Whatever. Did you, you see him bring it in, though? Like SpongeBob? I've seen him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen, I've seen, him, I've seen them bring the pizzas in. Not during pandemic. It's, they don't do those things. Uh, like oh, that's they, right. You can't, do yeah, you can't do stuff like but that. But what's names are open again, though? What? Buffets. Are you serious? Yes. They made it through the pandemic. Buffet, buffets. A buffet is open. Oh, that's bad. Uh, go, uh, what is it? Go, Golden uh, Corral? Golden Corral's open. I wrote past it the other day. Quick story, not to brag. I mean, you know, you've been really painting me out to be some kind of elite, you know, snootery type of dude. But Because yeah, you are. Not to brag, but uh, in sixth grade, I had perfect attendance. <laughs> And no, you're not. You bragging about this? Yeah, <laughs> it's really it's one of the biggest accomplishments of my life. Perfect attendance. Uh, I got perfect attendance. Every well, year. you couldn't have because you year. weren't you weren't in the limit. That wasn't that me. wasn't perfect attendance. That was like uh, it was certainly wasn't on a roll. It was like uh, you sure? It was like it was oh, like presidents. No. I mean, not president. It was presidents. Uh, I mean, it was principal something, right? Principals. What? Or something. No, it wasn't. It was a select group of elite <laughs> school attendees. Who had perfect attendance, me, myself included. A, a limousine was rented for us. Unbelievable. To take us to Golden Corral. I put on my best basketball jersey because yeah, they told us to wear back. something nice. Hole in the back. It's on the back. <laughs> and you stole it. That was like, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I didn't steal anything. <laughs> it was my dad's. I didn't steal it. Don't. Whoa, what are you doing, man? That wasn't your jersey. That's man. crazy. You that stole that jersey. That. Lamar Odom. Lamar Odom jersey. Lamar Odom clip. It was a hole in the yes. back. It was a hole in the back. Uh-huh. I remember that. Yeah, he told you, he told you to put you on stole your it. Sunday's best. You stole so it. I put on my Sunday's best. <laughs> that was just Sunday's best. <laughs> Sundays in my house. Oh, holy for basketball. Yeah, Sundays in my house. We Yeah, Sundays. That's what we do on Sundays. Oh, God. So, you know, yes. Anyway, back to my story. It's yeah, sure. Big accomplishment. Uh, perfect attendance. Uh, no, no, no big deal. Whatever. Brush your shoulders off. They rented a limousine for mm-hmm. us. Limousine had lights in it on yep. the ceiling. It's called and a stretch. A what? It's called a stretch. A, a stretch lim- a limousine. A lim- no. A limousine is a, uh, a four-door Lincoln. That's a limousine. A stretch, what are you saying? A stretch is, is what you're talking about. It's called a stretch. It's called a stretch? It's called a stretch. You, you look it up. Look it up. Look it up right now. You nitpicking on <laughs> this is a stretch. You yeah okay. You're Ooh, probably right technically, but it's a stretch. Your Sunday's best outfit was put on pal. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's stretch. fair. Uh, whatever. Uh, you're a hater. You weren't at the Golden Corral, so I don't I don't <laughs> know what you have on at Golden <laughs> Corral. Oh, you weren't there. Anyway, so we hop. Well, you was the- there catching uh, diseases in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was there catching a hell of a time. Anyway, you'll never know the times we had the Golden Corral. So anyway, we get in the limousine. We drive, you know, a couple blocks down the road. Golden Corral wasn't very far, but got to got to <laughs> skip school for a couple hours. Stretch. You didn't do work anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Uh, stretch limousine to GC. Park in the GC parking lot. Limousine. What does that mean? Golden Corral. Uh, <laughs> that's what we call it. High rollers, you know, we call it uh, Golden Corral. Parking oh, GC, limousines waiting outside. We go in. I have my fill. Fruit punch, high C, in abundance. You know, told, cup full of told, sugar. Told the waiter, keep the it coming. Full of sugar. You know, told the waiter, keep it coming. I said, Toots, if you see this cup halfway down, fill her up immediately. I go. I have some of the best macaroni oh, and cheese shit. you've ever had in your life. Rice pudding, uh, tapioca pudding on tap. Uh, hit the chocolate fountain. Dip some strawberries in that. Dip some chicken in that. Just was feeling free. Chicken? Yeah, I was feeling adventurous when you, you know, you, sure. you don't know, you know, I know you've never been anywhere nice, but yeah. GC, anyway, yeah, GC, right. So we lived it up, you know. Put my put my couple of plates on my red uh, tray. <laughs> couple of plates, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Start off about three plates. Uh, put those on my red tray. Took it over to the table. 
uh, the garçon was there to ask what you know <laughs> what drink I would like next. I told him I said keep the fruit punch coming. Yeah, and I'm just saying I just wanted to just touch on. You know, you said buffets were back, and yeah. I've had some great times at buffets. Mm-hmm. I'm blown away that they survived the pandemic. Yeah, that's crazy to me. Yeah, but no, shout out to Golden Corral though. Great times, back man. Back open, man. You can go check, go GC. Nah, I'm good. I'm uh, I'm all GC out these days. <laughs> I'm all GC for old time's sake. <laughs> Sunday's best. So I've arrived. <laughs> Dust off the jersey. Come back in. They probably still. My name probably still rings bells in the Golden Corral. They probably was like. Who the fuck is this pulling up? <laughs> at a a stretch limousine? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> the, like, the stretch limousine of, of, of poor children? Is this like Just, the first kid? Is this, a, is this like a Make-A-Wish type of thing? I'm sure they thought that we were like a, uh, about going to die or something like that. Like, why would you bring a limousine? Who? What weird fever dream is this that some kid was like, I would love to get yeah. a limo, stretch limousine whatever and go budget to the all-you-can-eat buffet. Yeah, whatever budget they had was... They spent most of it. Oh, the stretch the limousine, limousine exceeded the cost of going to like, the Golden Corral. The only thing we got left is it's McDonald's going to Corral. and Golden Corral. <laughs> you can't get the stretch limousine and go to a nice restaurant. Oh, shit. But, yes, oh, no, uh, buffets, I, that's, I'm shocked that they survived the pandemic. But, yeah, anyway, yeah. so, friend, <laughs> my, uh, my good vibe story is a story of a, about a firefighter. 9-11 just recently passed, and so I like you know I want to pay some homage and just show some Tell us um, some good, feel good stories about some emergency responders. Um, so, <clears throat> Fran, if you if you judge a city's heart by how much they're willing to go the extra mile, even for its non-human citizens, Arlington, Texas, recently proved that things really are bigger in the Lone Star State. Also, shout out to Arlington, Texas. That's where Hank Hill is from. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. King of the Hill, man. Is that where it takes place? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Arlington, Texas. When Zoe, a 15-year-old deaf lab mix, wandered away from her home, practically the whole community turned out to help. Her owner was quoted as saying, I had put, I had put on, on the next door app, we're missing our dog. And people were like, here's my number. Call me and I'll help you find her. This was her dog mom, Andrea Tank, Tankersley, Tankersley. The difficult part is she's deaf. The dog dad, Brennan Tarkersley, said. So we're calling out to her, calling out to her, of course, knowing it's not only it's not doing any good, but you can't help it, which makes sense. It's like it's just instinctual to for you to call out for something that you're somebody that you're looking for, mm-hmm. but they can't hear you. So that's a tough spot to be in. Yeah. Searchers reported hearing dog sounds, but were unable to figure out where they were coming from. Two days later, city water city water crews homing in on the echoing barks located Zoe trapped in a muddy storm drain under a city street. A water department camera was set up to monitor Zoe's condition in the tunnel as a Herculean rescue effort coordinated by Arlington's fire department, police, paramedics, and city workers was quickly mounted to free the trapped canine. Damn, this turned into a whole thing. Using jackhammers, pneumatic saws, and heavy equipment, crews worked tires tirelessly in extreme heat conditions to break the break up the pavement and dig down to the concrete drain pipe below. And throughout the excavation, neighbors supplied workers with food and beverages to keep them going. Takes a village, Mm right? Nearly nearly 10 hours later, a section of the top of culvert was lifted away to reveal the watery channel. Once they had access, rescuers still had to come up with a way to get Zoe safely out of the confined tunnel space. When one firefighter posed the idea of rolling her out on a skateboard... A kindergartner named Hunter volunteered his board for the cause. The skateboard, autographed by the fire and per- and police personnel who helped out in the rescue, is set to be presented back to the little boy with a big thank you from everyone involved. 
At 11 hours and counting, rescuers finally pulled Zoe from the concrete pipe to cheers and applause from an elated crowd of onlookers. The pooped pooch was passed bucket brigade style up to the up the street where waiting emergency workers assessed her and then reunited her with her uh, loving family. Amazingly, although she was scuffed up and understandably distressed, Zoe suffered no major ill effects from the ordeal. And after getting an all clear from the vet, she is happy to be back home. Uh, uh, It has been amazing. Police officer Christy Well, who was on the scene, told WFAA. Everyone has been so helpful. There have been cheers of joy and tears when Zoe was rescued. I love seeing the community turn out and cheer a successful end to this. And for a family to have their beloved pet return to them at the end of the day. We're glad this doggone dog found deep in the heart of <laughs> Texas tale had a happy ending too. So, uh, and that was good. Um, yeah, man. Uh, I really liked that story. It was very sweet. And, uh, I had a, I had a, we had a dog that we had to, uh, give to a dog farm when we, we moved when I was a little bit younger and he got out cause of fireworks and he got found in a, a, a pipe as well. Nico. Yeah, Nico. Yeah. Uh, they, they had to shave him. So, so we were looking for him for like a week. <laughs> couldn't find him. My mom's stressed and crying. Everybody's bummed out. Yeah. And then we just get a phone call from two people that were like, we've, uh, we think we found your dog from the flyers. And when we found him, when we went to go pick him up, cause he was a Samoyed. So he had this big, beautiful white fur. It was like yeah. riding around Brad Pitt in the car. And this dude was a movie star. He was he had all his fur was all cut off because they said it all got matted because it had mm. sewage in it and you know because he got he got he ran basically the storm the thunder scared him so bad that he just ran into a, a sewer mm. first place he could find that was like hidden yeah. away from things but uh so I you know I, I do know that feeling of like where the hell is my dog yeah man I it, remember that that was <laughs> hey you all right yeah he go ran away man yeah man yeah yeah because I love my dog I was man. like. Just a dog, man. You, That's you, 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 <laughs> hey, man, fucking, we're going to the mall, man. How about you fucking get a new attitude? It's like, fucking dog. I man up. Let's <laughs> fucking go, man. It's a fucking dog, man. What are you sad about it? Fucking, why don't you grow up? Like, damn, man. Like, I fucking love my dog. You're like, listen, man, two girls waiting for us at the mall. Are you going to sit here and cry about your puppy? Or are you going to fucking put some shoes on and come to the mall? Like, I guess. I'm coming to the mall. I'm like at the mall, still sad, yeah. but being like, so, so do you, you like MySpace? I'm still sad and like trying to man it up. Man, being being a dude, being a dude is not hard, but like being like a dude, like, oh man, don't eat hot dogs around me, all that type of shit. Those little stupid rules we all got to play by or yeah. pretend to play by, at least used to. I don't give a shit now. All that shit. I live my life. I don't care all that uh, goofy yeah, uh, masculinity shit. Yeah. But I did have to pretend. Like I wasn't really sad that my dog was missing, <laughs> and I didn't do it very good. I was still, I was way sadder than you noticed. <laughs> like you still, you're like, man, you're not really eating uh, Rice Krispie treats like you right. usually do. Man, you are. Right? You don't really have an appetite. Sneak ran away. You know, like, just really concerned for our dog. But where's <laughs> good, man? Where, where are the where are the girls at? <laughs> Trying to play it off. Man, it's whatever, man. <laughs> whatever, man. Who gives a shit about that though, man? Where's the party at though? You know, you feel me. <laughs> Right. But <laughs> so uh before we get out of here, friend, yeah. I this is more of a recommendation to the listeners. You might do you have HBO Max? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I saw probably one of the best movies 
I've ever seen in my life. Okay. If you like, do you like bad movies? Bad movies? Yeah, like bad, so bad it's like fantastic. Yeah. There's a movie that just came out called Malignant. Okay. It is. Is it funny? Oh my God, not on purpose, but it's hilarious. <laughs> oh my God, this movie's so funny and and great action scenes and oh, some of the most stupid dialogue I've ever heard in my life. But it's, I mean, if how did this get made? They usually don't do new movies because, like, politics, you know, mm-hmm. you don't want to offend, like, directors that are working. But sometimes they do. If they don't do this movie Malignant, it will be a crime. This movie's so fucking funny. I love it. I recommend it to everybody. Fantastic movie. So funny and stupid. But not. it's, not, it's a horror movie. It's not supposed to be. Mm-hmm. But it okay. is. It's so good. Anyway, checking back in on the Fram Report. Mm-hmm. Nine Perfect Strangers. I haven't seen a new one. You so caught up, you still sitting where you are. Yeah, I haven't okay. seen the one that's been released. Got you. I am on now episode six. I want to say Which the most recent now? episode that we watched. Nicole Kidman uh, is that whole th- little thr- thruple she's in. Mm-hmm. It's like starting to get messy, and the girl. You find out that the, her and the girl are messing around with each oh, okay. other. Okay, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. And uh, they had a birthday party for the girl whose brother died. Then that's the last one. That's the last one. That's the last one before the new one. That's, oh, so I am caught out. up then. Yeah. Okay, that's the last one I saw. Yeah. Okay. When she like r- whispered something Russian in her ear, she's like, "You're the one." Yeah. And then and her brother would have. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's the most the recent one. one I saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good, man. Yeah. But again, based on what it's categorized as, uh, it's categorized as a drama. But it's, I, it feels like something sci-fi is going to happen. Yeah. But it doesn't, based on the description, it's not. It's just a drama. It's not sci-fi, mystery. It's not categorized as that. As that. So I'm, I'm thinking at some point she's going to, there's a machine in the basement and then she's going to reanimate this girl's brother or something like that. But I think it just really is about the psyche and unlocking stuff in the mind. Yeah. But it just, uh, the smoothies and all this, it feels like something that, they like know her, her, their blood types. Yeah. It just feels like something like horror movie or sci-fi or something is going to happen, but I don't think it is, but it's just a really strange show. Yeah. So I'm like, something is going on. These messages she's getting. Nine Perfect Strangers is really good. I'm, I'm, like, I'm, per, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised at how much I like yeah. it. I didn't know that that, that was the most recent one. Yeah. And then it's the new one that just came out. Okay. So I gotta, I gotta watch that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we'll be, uh, we'll check back in again yeah. with, uh, next I just week. started watching, um, Murder, murders in a building. Oh, with Selena Gomez in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I and Steve Martin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I watched the first. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I watched the first episode of that. How's that? Is okay. it like? Is it like wacky? Is it funny? Because Steve bit, Martin, yeah. and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. is it a? It's a mystery. It's a mystery. Yeah, but it's got some they funny like, too. They like they doing a podcast. They yeah. all like listen to the same podcast. They found out the, that's how they oh. meet. They all found out they listen to the same like murder podcast, okay. true crime podcast. Okay. And then, they trying to, and then somebody gets murdered in the building. Now because they, they're all like couch detectives because yeah, yeah, they yeah. listen to. Yeah. Oh, okay. That, no, I like that. That's yeah, a good yeah, yeah. premise. Yeah. I gotta check this out. Yeah, I gotta check this out. I've have have people have been hitting me up to ask if I've watched it, mm. but I didn't know that was the premise of the show. Yeah, I really like that premise. That's yeah. really interesting. That's very modern. That's yeah. a, so I like it. Too, yeah. Man. Okay. It's cool. Murders in the building. Yep. I know the show because you know something. I don't know who's listening to all the Selena Gomez music. Cause she's like the number one in everything. Is I don't know who the hell is listening to Selena Gomez music. For, I can hear another one mixed up for some reason. What's the uh, Selena Gomez and uh, what's the other? What's the? Did she used to date uh, Zach Efron? 
Was she the one? You're thinking of Vanessa Hudgens. That, I always get those two mixed up for some weird reason. I guess they're both like brown. I don't know. But don't she's know. Vanessa, wow, Vanessa Hudgens as an actor. I go, no, that's a lie. She did Sneaker Night. But so then you go back. That's, yeah, it, was a, it, was a, it was a hit song back in the day. Back in the old day. Uh, back when you were like, why the fuck are you crying about your yeah, fucking dog? dog. <laughs> sneaker, sneaker Night was hot when this happened. That's yeah. a movie? It's a song. That's a song. Yeah. Hmm. She's singing about how she's going to put some cool sneakers on and go out. Stupid and not song. cry about her dog. Stupid. Fair, but anyway, Selena Gomez has like a bunch of hit songs. So I don't know. I don't know how you're mixing them up. Anyway, yeah. I don't listen to her music, but mm-hmm. she has a cooking show. Oh, Selena it's Gomez. Yeah, it's so it's okay. so funny. Again, not on purpose, but kind of. She's really bad at cooking. Okay, so she's always like cutting her hands, and she has a really odd voice. Is very nasally. She's by so herself. She, no, she's stu- like her friends, her posse. Oh. It's in her house, oh. and she's doing it over Zoom. Because okay. you can't go, so she's zooming with like some of the best chefs in the world. And she's like, "Hey, what's up? It's me, Selena Gomez. Today we're gonna be cooking at a bouche bouche, and uh, it's gonna be really tasty." It's yeah. she. I'm like, that's. It doesn't sound like a singer's voice. Yeah, it's very n- nose and nasally and throaty, <laughs> but she's yeah. very like awkward and really funny. Mm. But it's it's been one of my favorite shows to watch during uh, quarantine. Is her cutting her hands and yeah. f- burning things. She's lit in her oven on fire several times. Shit. Really, it's a chaos. It's a mess. But mm. she's funny in that. So I think I like her better as a personality than as a singer because I don't mm. listen to her music. Yeah, me either. Yeah. But uh, Murder's in the Room. Murder's in the Building? Building, yeah. I'm going to have to check that out. Anyway, so we'll be back next week. I'm going to check out Murder's in the Building. And me and Fran are watching Nine Perfect Strangers. Yep. Go check out Malignant. It, it, if you like bad movies, this is like... The best bad movie to come out since Cats. And I stand on that. I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Franco Evans. And we'll see you guys next week. Deuces.